When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right. I'm here with the one and only, the legendary juice man, smoothie boss, guy who puts everything in his, in his smoothie that you could have possibly imagined that comes from plants, Zach Bourbon. Thanks for the intro. My number one hype guy. Hey. Diener Morrison. <laughs> That's right. Wait, I got that wrong, didn't I? Close enough. <laughs> I, I've been called worse. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure your name, your name out eventually. Should I show what's in my kitchen sink smoothie? Oh, let's do it. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, did you make one today? I didn't make one today. Okay. Well. I made one yesterday. I made, I'd say like three to four days a week I do a kitchen sink. Let's hear it. What's, what's, what's the average? The average. There's a few variation of kitchen sinks. Like, I'd say I have like three to four, depending on how I feel. But my my everyday, my most regular go-to kitchen sink, which this, our, our team calls like the cement smoothie because uh, it's so gray and, yeah. and thick and unappealing to the masses. But I'll use... Um, some berries is the base, scoop of blueberries and just like a couple of strawberries. Yeah. And then uh, spinach. Uh, and then I usually do half an orange and then I kind of get wild with the add-on. So I'll do hemp, chia, flax. That's my like golden. That's the trinity right that's there. That's the trinity. The holy trinity. I always add those three to everything. And then I do pine pollen often, uh, which is great for energy and testosterone and recovery. And then I usually add spirulina, uh, a little bit of moringa. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll add in, if I just did a workout or a run, I'll add in some Body Energy Club protein, just a little bit of the vegan protein. Uh, some Flavored? Co- uh, I, you, if I'm doing a chocolate smoothie, I'll do the chocolate. Otherwise, I'll just do the plain. Yeah, okay. Um, and then I'll add in some chlorophyll. Chlorophyll borophyll, as the Simpsons say, right? <laughs> <laughs> what else do I add in there? If we have sea moss from Rich Soul Foods, I'll add that in, get all those trace minerals, you so know? So good, that sea moss. And um, that's the kind of the, the core right there. And then what's your liquid? What's your liquid? And then I'll do like an unsweetened, uh, you know, unsweetened soy milk is my, my go-to, but uh, otherwise I'll do, I'll mix up like an almond or an oat. 
Yeah. Sometimes a little coconut for some fat. Um, and then always a heavy scoop of a nut butter to kind of just mask all of those things <laughs> that I put in. So I feel if you have a berry and a nut butter, it's going to taste okay. You're good. It's going to taste like PB and J at the end. Yeah. It's interesting though that, uh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen your smoothies in action and they do, they usually come out more like a, a bowl. It starts as like something that might be able to be, you know, uh, ingested through a straw. And then you're like, I just, nope, this is going in a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> this is just too thick. But the thing about it, man, it's like a smoothie or a smoothie bowl that looks looks unappealing. Those are usually the ones that are like Best ones. Are, they're loaded. Yeah. Grays or like Browns. dark yeah, dark greeny brown. People yeah. are like, What is in that? <laughs> yeah, I brought a couple in like a glass, a big glass cup or whatever last year. And <laughs> one of the kids that I taught, he's like, What is that? Seaweed salad? <laughs> It's like, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh, and rainbow. Got to get the rainbow in there, too. Ooh, the cordyceps, yeah. chaga. Usually the cordyceps and the chaga are the two I go to the most. Good, good energy. Yeah, those are daily. Yeah. Those are daily ones for me, cordyceps and chaga. Yes. Usually in the form of like four sigmatic. That's what we're sipping right now. It's true. It's Unplugged. Uh, yeah. no, no sponsor here, but we love our four sigmatic. We sure do. I mean, feel free to sponsor us. But <laughs> it is. It's a daily, it's a daily ritual. For sure. Shout out. Okay, before we roll into this week, uh, I was uh, browsing the old Pitchfork uh, mm. music uh, website, yes. and they had uh, 250 best songs of the 90s. Oh, okay. And that, uh, you know, lit up my, my fancy because I love some good 90s music. I feel like it's been a recurring theme on the podcast, running and like 90s music. Yeah, yeah. yeah and okay. I was really happy to see who the number one song was from the 90s. From the 90s. You know, any any guess? I feel like any I guesses? Can, I'm trying to narrow it down. I wouldn't even. I'd say I put this person on all of my mixes. I'd put one song by her. 90s. Just because I loved. She was the queen of dances. This is a Mariah. Mariah. Yeah. Fantasy. Oh. The remix with ODB. Oh yeah. Mariah, you. I won't even. I won't even do that. I was gonna say, let's but, go. Uh, put it up. <laughs> yes. But that was the number one. I think like Radiohead might have been number two. Okay. I have to double check. But it was uh, pretty fun to go through. Wow. Yeah. So if you are a fan of the 90s like Dean and I, check out that Pitchfork site for the top 250 songs of the 90s. Wow. It had a lot less hip hop than I imagined. That was the only thing that I, I thought like Tupac and Biggie would be yeah. high and, and Dre would be higher on the list uh, and Snoop Dogg. But yeah. they they were a little bit lower. lower. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's uh, okay. I'm gonna have to check that out. Maybe there's a new, uh, maybe there's a new playlist in the midst. Ooh, 90s playlist. Should we? I'm gonna be good. Okay, let's do a 90s playlist. There's gonna be some Mariah on it for sure. Ooh, yeah, so good. Yeah. What do you think of? I think of like Green Day. That's like the first band I think of for the 90s. Yeah, yeah. For me, 90s was like it was a lot of grunge. So definitely Green Day, Radiohead, Nirvana, Bush X. Yeah, man. Machine hair. That's so good. <laughs> Who did Glycer- Glycerine? That was Bush. That was yeah. Bush too, right? Yeah. Oh, that was a good song. Definitely. Like all of that. Even uh, Presidents of the United States of America. Weezer. Weezer. Yeah. Offspring. Yep. Oh, they, all that kind of, all that kind of like alt. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Anyway, that was that was a lot of what I was into, but also, also hip hop. Like yeah, like you said, yep. Dre, Snoop. Bone Thugs. Ooh yeah, Bone, Bone Thugs. thugs. They, like that was that was pretty that was pretty Crossroads. good. Crossroads. 
classic. And then slogan. like a little bit softer for my more sensitive side, like uh, Savage Garden. I love me some Savage Garden. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. <laughs> Dean, Dean's like no. uh, that's that's the end of this conversation. Yeah. Okay, let's make a <laughs> let's make a nineties nineties uh, playlist. See where we go. I'm into it. Get some Sarah McLaughlin on there. Yeah, so good. Alanis Morissette. Jan Arden. A Jan Arden, friend, friend of the pod. Boom. Yes. Yeah, there we so go. So good. Insensitive. Okay, so uh, playlists aside, kitchen sinks aside, what do we got going on this week on the podcast? Yeah, we have a really cool cool conversation as, uh, as we often do when our friend Judy Brooks comes to the table and brings a friend. Uh, so we have a, a, another uh, awesome in um, episode with her where she invited a friend of hers, Sky, who really, I guess, would like we would describe as um, teacher, spiritual leader, shaman, person who operates in the world in the spaces of ceremony and recognizing um, really in something we talk about on the pod, like ceremony is in the everyday and but but also elevating certain practices and moments and even medicines to to enhance those experiences and um yeah it was a really really fascinating conversation where the energy was was really cool it was really great in the room uh, we had just met sky like you know in the in the kind of half hour or so before leading up to the podcast uh, conversation but it just uh it flowed it was very very inspiring yeah, we got into uh, Sky's origins and gateway to a spiritual path. We got into detachment, ego, fear, death, self-love, how to love yourself. Um, it was kind of an all-encompassing conversation of, of spiritual journey and, and spiritual teachings and incorporating in, those into our lives and embodying them. And yeah, ceremony. Ceremony was kind of the through, yeah. the through theme for this conversation and definitely how to celebrate the big and the small mm-hmm. yeah so this one this one is really good we know we know you're gonna um really dig into it and love this conversation and our neighbor's car alarm was just going off there but this is gonna be uh this is gonna be one that i know i'm gonna come back to in terms of just like remembering and you know re uh yeah really remembering like what it is to be a person in this world but also involved in the practice of ceremony and kind of like i would say like the divinity or the sacredness of the ordinary yes that was really like what landed for me and so yes yeah 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 i love that okay let's, I mean, let's let it roll yeah all right everyone welcome back and welcome here we are joined on this beautiful summer day by our friends judy judy brooks and um, she's brought a friend along, a new friend to us, Sky. It is good to have you here around the table at A Little More Good. Mm-hmm. And um, just really looking forward to seeing where this conversation flows and goes and how we can just listen and learn and participate. And um, yeah, just really thankful for you making mm-hmm. time to come here and be with us and be willing to share a bit of yourself with us and our listeners. So thank you and welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. And yeah, it's going to be fun. And, and yeah, it's an honor. Awesome. An honor. Thank you. And Judy, it's always good to have you here with us. I'm excited about this one. Well, I'm excited about every time I get to, <laughs> <laughs> to share space with you guys. Um, plus, it's really cool in the room. So that's helpful on this hot day here in, uh, in July where we're taping. But um, I think I'd like to start two ways, if it's okay. I'd like to start 
with a very simple reading. I'm going to do readings throughout this one because I think they're the readings that um, have come forth are like so pivotal and, and they really form the cornerstone of both the relationship I have with Sky, the relationship Sky has with community, and the relationship Sky I think Sky has kind of in the bigger world and humanity. So first of all, Sky is um, a deep, deep, deep soul mate and um, a beautiful friend. And Sky is a, a shaman. He is a medicine leader. He's a leader of ceremony. And that's really what I want to focus in on today. While there's a really big aspect around plant medicine that um, is alive for Sky, I actually think that how he moves in the world and how he um, affects and impacts is much more to do with the idea of ceremony than it is even to do with plant medicine, though right now he's definitely a medicine man. <laughs> he's a medicine man, I would say, a ceremony leader. Um, so I'm going to start us with, let's start with word and number, and then I'm going to do this tiny reading. What? So we're looking, because, hey, we're in, in the presence of, you know, energy is all about what I'm about, but we're also in the presence of somebody who works really, really deeply with um, the energy of individuals and the energy of the world. Mm -hmm. So between one and ten, what's your energy and a single word? Yeah, a little bit lower than normal today. I'm going to say six and open. Like for you. Ooh, I feel pretty good. I'm a nine, yeah. and I am grateful. Yeah, yeah. Sky, what about for you? Mm, I'm gonna say a nine as well, and um, pleasant. <laughs> I, love that. I love that. Lovely. I love that. Lovely. And I am mm, definitely a ten today, and I am like very uh, sensitive. Mm. Sensitive today, and. and and I had a conversation about sensitivity on the way over here, so I'm going to loop back to that in a minute. In our work that we do in the world and in our conversations and work together, we talk so much about the reframing of language and how it's attached to our thoughts. But let me start with this, because I think it's a good thing to start with. And I think it has been the anchor to my relationship with Sky, to the relationship of the community that I serve. Um, and it's also how we met. So it's this. So take a deep breath in. And we'll let that one go. And it's to this. I'm going to do two things. To live in ceremony is the greatest and truest gift we can give ourselves. To live in ceremony is the greatest and truest gift we can give to ourselves. And here's a reading. Remember to remember. That is what the old man said to me one time. He's speaking of ceremony, the act of bringing myself closer to creator, returning myself to innocence, my original power. Remember to remember. I think what he meant for me is throughout the day to recall that I've taken time to pray, to give thanks, to ask for a return to humility. Remember to remember. When I do that, everyone and everything I encounter becomes the beneficiary. It's a good teaching, as long as I remember. And you know what, Sky, is just striking me, if we can do it with brevity, that um, you know, as a, a space holder, as a ceremony leader, 
um, and we'll, we will talk in a while about kind of the lineage that got you to here, is um, in fact, we're in circle, so we're in mm. ceremony, and I think we should open with four directions. Mm. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Yeah. I think that's a great idea, and I, I love that we're sitting in four directions here at the table. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll, uh, I'd love to take a lead on that. So yeah, just inviting um, everyone who's listening and here present to just really feel themselves sitting wherever they're sitting and yeah, just landing here in this moment, this eternal moment, this infinite moment of now, just calling yourself fully back. Nowhere to go, nothing to do, nothing to fix, nothing to heal, just allowing yourself to just simply be from this space, we bring our attention to the space that is from the south. The south is the, the element of serpent. It's the element of shedding the past. It's connecting back to the, to the roots of our being and allowing that which no longer serves us to just slip away effortlessly and easily, like the skin of a snake, you know, just the serpent will just lay there and just heal whatever it needs to heal when it's ready just allow itself to just simply slip out of that old skin into a new being so we ask the south to teach us how to do that how to guide us on this journey to let go and to connect deeper with mother earth belly to belly and we spiral to the west west is the place of the setting sun it's the place of rest and renewal purification it's the element of water as we look to the west here in Steveston towards this beautiful ocean, the depth, the depth of our being, the depth of our subconscious and our emotional body. And yeah, it's, West is really about kind of like allowing ourselves to just really um, like hibernate, you know, go into, the, it's like going to sleep and, and integrating and, and processing. But it's all about, also about calling back any places where we've given our power away, as it said in that beautiful poem. It's like re remembering our true power. So it's, claiming again our our sovereignty our our integrity our courage um, it's, a, it's also the place of the jaguar or the bear so we call upon the west to help us to stand in our power to remember our truth and to speak our no's as no's are yeses to ourselves and and to speak clearly um, with conviction what is true for us and and to uh, yeah to rise rise out of that depth and as we rise out of the depth we move into the north north is the element of air it's the beginning of our flight into um, higher consciousness it's um, it's a place where we're truly resourced with our ancestors it's a place of our grandmothers and our grandfathers and and our and our children and our children's children it's that place of purity that we was also spoken about in that beautiful poem remembrance of the, the pure beings that we are always the innocence that we have here always no matter how many times we've broken our vows we come come back to that place where we remember that we are always loved always held in the divine never forgotten about and uh, so we call upon the north the element of air to guide our sails towards our highest destination our truest dharmic path of enlightenment and grace we call upon the north um, the, the, the archetype of the hummingbird to teach us how to go beyond our own limitations as the hummingbird has also done that by learning how to fly backwards and, and, and 
jumping upon a ride to, with the with the Canadian geese down to the South America and back to North America. It knows how to go beyond the self-imposed limitations, and so we ask that we also look at anywhere where we're holding ourselves back, and that we can go beyond that limitation, and that we can take on this unthinkable journey of life here, and live it with that 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 purity and that excitement and that playfulness. And we spiral again to the east. East is the place of the rising sun. It's the element of fire, transformation, purification. It's taking anything that no longer serves and burning it back, returning it to the light so that we can become more light, more vibrant, more uh, in, a, in a space of being able to see our life and see the potential of all things and to be able to see our life and see the perfection that flows through even the challenges in our life that we can have that's that it's the place of the eagle it's the place of the the, the winged ones that um, give us the perspective of seeing from 10,000 feet so we call upon the east to teach us how to fly with great spirit whatever that is for you that you can be wingtip to wingtip with the great spirit with the divine that flows through you always and that you can be in constant connection with that spirit and we give thanks to that which is below our mother, this beautiful blue ball hurtling through space at 26,000 miles per second, spiraling through the cosmos um, and holding us so sweetly and always nourishing us and taking care of us and giving us this opportunity of life. So we give, always give thanks to the mother and all our relations, the two-leggeds, the four-leggeds, the fin, the furred, the winged ones, the creepy crawlies, and the tree people and the plant people and the stone people all of our relations, all seen and unseen forces, and we give thanks, the 13 thank yous. And as we reach up to that which is above, to the divine light, the center of the cosmos, to in, even into our own you know, upper centers as we reach out through our crown chakra into our amakua, as the kahuna call it, as our, as our team, our guides, all our angels, all those that are with us, our ancestors, and also our true higher self. We call upon our amakua, that part of us that's beyond illusion, beyond duality, beyond suffering, that holds the remembrance as we go into this place of forgetting so that we can have this beautiful earth experience here. We call upon that wisdom, that guidance, of that part of ourselves to all be present and guide us on this journey each step along the way. And we finish by returning back to the center of our being again, that place that's always there for us, place that never changes, always remains the same. It's the eye of the storm, and it is our quintessence. It's the essence within our essence. It's who we truly are. So we just want to return back there and just give ourselves some, some thanks, appreciation for showing up in however you're showing up in life um, as a father, mother, parent, as a, a in, in service in some way, creating something beautiful. Um, so yeah, that, the space is now open for a more <laughs> epic conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Can you come by like <laughs> seven a.m. every day? It's <laughs> my place to kind of kickstart my day. And, yeah. And I think that's the point. I mean, I think that's exactly this: this idea of ceremony and um, the gift that. Um, that Sky brings both, you know, in his day-to-day -day life, but definitely in our friendship and in, in the community he serves with me and the community I know is that give me a different understanding. He gave me words 
and and practices around something where I don't think we often we might intrinsically get it we might even have some practices for it but the the day, every day is a ceremony and so it actually needs and requires a moment of pause to set um, to hold space for the container of the day mm -hmm. and then how is it we leave the day closing that off you know and and I think it can be many ways so Sky mm. I thank you for that this yeah. idea of ceremony can, can we just um just for the framework of, of this conversation that we're gonna have uh, for our listeners, just because I know language is so important, can we um, can you define ceremony and kind of explain what ceremony means to mm. you, um, mm. so that we can have that framework for the rest of the conversation? Mm, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Judy, for that. Mm. that I, I think that ceremony yeah, can show up in so many ways, right? And I think one of my first ceremonies of the day is making my bed. You know, it's that place that I know that if I make my bed, I feel like I've started in this space of like creating more coherence, more flow, more connection, more sort of like a base baseline frequency for my day instead of kind of just entering into the doing. And I think that's part of it too, is that we, um, I think we, we are these spiritual beings having uh, a physical experience. Um, but I think we often forget and we think that we are these meat suits <laughs> and we and we get into the doing um, and I think that yeah it's just a, it's a really it's a remembrance of really tapping back into the moment um, and and noticing the the sweetness of life and all around mm -hmm. us and the op it's just it's, it's creating a space where we get to honor um, that which is that which, that, that which living, uh, we can praise for that, and we can also grieve that which is no longer. And I think both of those, uh, you know, they, they say that the, my, one of my teachers says that they have, they live in the same house, that praise and grief, right? So um, it is an opportunity for us to just really remember truly what's most important. That's what I, I find. And then we can return to that, and then from that place, we find new directionality in our life towards our higher purpose, mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when we go back to this reading, it's the act, act of bringing myself closer to creator, mm. to my original power. So it's really, in some ways, any, any ritual, any practice, any intention where you're bringing yourself closer to your own innateness and, and yeah. therefore you're connect, you, knowing that you have connection to all, to creator. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Because even, even as you were doing the four directions, I found myself... Um, resonating in each direction in a different way with something that I experience or do regularly in my own life or long for, right? So, some newness or uh, pushing pushing a limit, mm. ex exploring being playful and creative, as you'd say for the North, or shedding something, right? But in each direction I found something that was just so simple. It's not like anything out, you know, that we, we would say, oh, this is like a ceremonial thing. It's just regular rhythms of life, mm. but in each direction, just as you're going through, I was like, oh, that's like really what I need in that moment. Like mm. the rising sun, like just that morning time, like having the morning sun in the summer, mm. that's like life giving for me, right? And so, yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. I love that, that ceremony doesn't have to be some big event or big thing to yes. that can be as simple as making your bed or that ritual of morning coffee or tea or whatever it could be. Mm. Yeah, I think that's so helpful. Right. And as a matter of fact, I think the important thing to know is it's not about big events. Right. Mm. To be in ceremony every day is to be in 
inquiry, it's to be in practice, it's to be in mindfulness, it's to understand. I mean, one of the things that I think Sky and I have talked so much about is, you know, impact. Mm-hmm. So yeah. to be in ceremony is uh, to be an understanding of both your sovereignty and your deep connection into the fact that, you know, there's something bigger and greater always at play than what you can even imagine. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like there's, yeah, there's, uh, there's an opportunity to be in these, these incredible states of transcendence, but also, yeah, how does that translate into your life? in real sort of next steps. And that's what we say, you know, like, yes, you can have these profound experiences, but really we're hoping that you're gonna get a nugget, something you can take home that you can actually translate into your life. And it might be just, you know, hey, I gotta call my dad and tell him, geez, I'm so sorry that I've been mad at you my whole life because, <laughs> you know. Oh, that's yeah. an interesting one that you chose. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one that I've been working through for sure, you know. Yeah, so. And, I love and, that. <laughs> and also to remember that, 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 it, that it, it's like we're peeling back the layers of the onion. So, mm. you know, we may touch into these p- deep pieces, but really it's like what is that next layer that's coming off? And we say that ceremony is, yes, we're, we went around the medicine wheel there, but actually the medicine wheel, like, how we're spiraling through space is also a spiral. So each, so you'll come back again to the south, you know, and you'll yeah. have to shed another skin, and you'll have to come again back to purity, and you'll have to, yeah. So it's yeah. an amazing that's, journey. Yeah, go ahead. Dave. Well, I was going to say that's the beauty is that we're never, we're never done. Oh right? my gosh! As soon as we're done, then <laughs> we're in. You go. Be very, be very <laughs> suspicious of anyone who very, claims they've arrived. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. You arrived for a moment, landed yeah. for a moment before. We, I think we talked. Um, maybe last time about this idea of where you sort of give in some ways what I think now that I'm saying it is this this idea of giving reverence to moments Mm -hmm. you know big or small reverence to the idea Mm -hmm. you know when you make your bed you give reverence to the idea of um, sort of uncluttering so that you can be a full channel a full you know vessel for whatever comes there's also a reverence to the fact that you have a bed when mm. others don't, mm. that you can even make a bad, yeah. and he, you know, I and the the way in which we approach everything, every one of those moments has deep resonance. You know, I think I said too. There's a difference between uh, when I go into juice truck and I eat a salad where I know that there was love and care, um, and there's thoughtfulness behind where where, you know, an airport salad doesn't always feel like that for me, as an example. Sorry, airport. But, you know, yeah, so where is it? I mean, yeah, so if you think, um, that my question would be for you, Zach, is when you think of these ideas of ceremony without going into um, an articulated ceremony, where where does ceremony, this idea of ritual and devotion and practice show up for you? Well, it's funny, I was just thinking about that as I was reflecting on, on your answer. And I was thinking about, uh, like, I love running. Mm-hmm. And when I pause and bring intention into how, like, lacing up my shoes, mm-hmm. I find by being intentional and mindful while I'm putting on my shoes and thinking about the run I'm going to go on and the time I'm going to have to myself kind of sets my, my headspace for that whole mm-hmm. run. Mm-hmm. That just that act of tying my laces, and if I don't do that, if I'm in a rush to get out the door, then I just throw my shoes on, and then I, I usually find it's like a hectic run. Like I'm just like going through the paces, a mindless th- run. Yeah, yeah, going through the, the yeah. motion. So having that one minute pause to intentionally lace up my shoes 
you know, leads to a, a can be a transcendental run where mm. I'm, you know, mm. tapped into my truest self. Uh, mm. But if I don't, then, like you said, it can just be like, I'm just getting Big it taskless. in. Big you know? yeah, yeah, got that one <laughs> off the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Back in the back in the doing. Yeah, back <laughs> in the doing instead so, of the being. Yeah. Pausing yeah. for the being to yeah. arrive and yeah. almost racing to finish the run instead of being in the right. run. You know? yeah. Can you really be yeah. in gratitude for Check all that brings you if it's you're just trying to get to the end of it? Yes. Mm. Yeah. What about for you, Dean? Other than the morning sun, what are? Yeah. Well, that's that's the first place I go because it is like the start of the day. Yeah. Um, and I'd say since about maybe April this mm. year, and certainly more so now, like what as the weather is better and you can sit outside in the mornings and mm-hmm. <laughs> not be in a torrential rainstorm. Um, that kind of like morning practice of just whether it's some sort of movement uh, running or some sort of fitness. And then um, you, I've been using an app that's really helpful. I've really fallen in love with to do like breath work. Mm-hmm. So just being intentional about carving out some time for that. And then just time in stillness, like mm-hmm. intentionally not, like not being productive, mm. not doing anything, but just being mm. and trying to carve out that discipline of just like listening and being open to whether it's some intuition or something that I feel within me or simply if it's just like noticing the birds mm. and the sounds mm. around me or feeling the sun on my face as it like crests the building, you know, that's blocking it until it gets to a certain mm. height and literally just soaking in that moment Mm. so that's really been something for me that like I would describe as ceremony Mm. and it is that like morning ritual that Mm. when something happens and it gets interrupted or whatever it's it feels like it throws you off for the day Mm. and I recognize I have recognized even being away for for the last little bit and your routine is just kind of taken from you because it's not your place and you're on the go or whatever but recognizing um, wherever I can kind of like grab little moments of that mm-hmm. ritual and then just being so grateful that I can still have this today. Like, yeah. oh, okay, this worked today. It's not the whole thing that I would normally love to do, but I was able to get some movement in and sit for like five minutes today. Beautiful, because it's interesting when you said the first part, I was like, where's the attachment then to practice where you can't be in equanimity or in mm. deep reverence or grace or gratitude? If I, if I also don't get what I need. Mm. So I think that's beautiful, Dean is. And you know, I think of the, um, so Sky, I'm gonna ask you the same question, without mm-hmm. the obvious, when you're actually <laughs> in the ceremony, which is a heck of a lot of the time. <laughs> and other than making your bed, where else do you feel in ceremony? Mm. Where is a, a ritual and a devotional moment for you? Mm. A ritual, a devotional moment, um, I would say uh, practice of metta or practice of, um, of compassion yeah. so um, when I do um, get into those states where I feel myself mm-hmm. and my fullness um, to then uh, offer that you know to others and it, it may be just a just like especially I, I, I still go out once in a while and I'll go on like public transit and I find that's like the best place to do it mm-hmm. where I see somebody that maybe is in lack or in, in suffering and where I can just see them and go you know what like just like me that person suffering Mm -hmm. just like me that person wants to be happy wants love in their life and um that feeling that connection i feel is what um people are really needing most and so so i think that's for me a ceremony in itself is just to be in um in the metta in the in the in the offering of my my love and my Mm -hmm. service um Mm -hmm. and yeah 
Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I have so many of them. So many. I can't even tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with coffee in the morning. Coffee. <laughs> it's like, oh, it really doesn't matter that it's something called coffee. It's just that that the ritual of holding the cup of saying, oh, I get this moment, and then that sort of moves into practice of breath if I've got time to do that or movement. And I feel the same way as the day closes, you know, like there's sometimes it's a beer. <laughs> uh, but it can be anything that moment of said. I mean, I, I think that the wonderment is that every moment can actually be a moment of ceremony mm. if you actually mm-hmm. breathe into it and, you know, and exhale from it in, with intention, mm-hmm. with some sort of intention. Um, before I get into more about ceremony and more, I think it may be important if you guys think or maybe interesting is so sky you know here you are in this physical form in the world moving like you are now but it it didn't start that way (laughs) you started as uh, somebody that grew up in Kelowna (laughs) Um, and actually you know I know that you will probably go backwards to the earliest days when you started to um, have a connection well I think in very early on you had a connection to something greater but you started to understand that but just for clarity, he also had like a really big chunk of his time where he was a stunt man. <laughs> so, that's pretty funny too. But yeah, what your connection, your connection to something bigger and greater and um, expansive. When mm. did that start for you? Mm. I think I was I was just mentioning that I had. Um, an experience uh, where um, my, I was I was I was with a partner whose mom died in a, a fire. She she lit her house on fire with a with a cigarette butt, and um, she was actually not speaking to her mom at the time. And so there was an incredible amount of anger. And um, I was just in a situation where I was so young at the time that I didn't know how to hold somebody that was in that much suffering, that much pain. Um, and so it was a very sort of um, horrible breakup actually mm-hmm. and um, I decided at that time to sell everything I had my friend was going to the Cayman Islands um, so I sold everything I think I had four thousand dollars after I paid all my debts yeah. off and stuff and I That's bought awesome. a ticket to the Cayman Islands yeah. and I got a job running a jet ski I was a professional jet skier before that so I had I got a job running jet skis on a, on a at, uh, the Western Bayshore Beach uh, in, on the on the seven mile beach in Caymans and uh, and on the trip to the airport on the way to Caymans, uh, my friend in his truck he had this tape and I pushed the tape in the tape deck and it was um, a, a metaphysical teacher by the name of Stuart Wilde, and Stuart um, who later became a dear friend of mine um, and I traveled the world with him. Um, anyways, he had done this tape series called the Thirty Three Steps Beyond the Earth Plane. And, um, you know, I had had a lot of sort of spiritual experiences as a child that never made sense because I didn't have anyone that was able to tell me things that Mm. actually resonated. And so I was often in conflict with that part of myself. But here's this man speaking these, what I felt were like absolute truths. And I actually made my friend pull over. And I was like, what is this? What's going on? Oh my God, this is it, this is it. And uh, yeah, and he, these 33, each one was a different practice or an initiation. So there was fasting and there was affirmations and there was um, um, 
Yeah, morning ritual, there was uh, discipline. So you had this thing where you had to take 10 rocks, one rock at a time and move it 10 feet and then go back and move all those 10 rocks one at a time back at four in the morning for 10 days. Oh, wow which is like your mind in the morning at four in the morning for me. Anyways, it was like, no way, I'm not doing this. Why would I do this? But it's this practice of discipline. And so these different things that he was teaching me um, and around manifestation, I had some the most like miraculous experiences like in those states of fasting and meditation and doing the affirmations every morning and connecting with these energies of the day and being able to manifest instantaneously and things like that it was just an incredible time in my life i started reading deepak chopra and dr wayne dyer and carolyn miss and yeah the celestian prophecy and these you know i just got really like i was just like feeding this thirst that i had um, but the big thing was around affirmations at that time being able to yeah just really stepping to the i am the i am that i am and then as it relates to you um in your practices now both you know your practices around the work of energy, um, you as a medicine man, you as um, you know a, a, a leader in circle. Where where those teachings come from? Where did those learnings? Where were your teachers? Where were your the medicine people? Um, well, Stuart at one point uh, does this um, podcast actually, and and he mentions this brew in in the Amazon Amazon called ayahuasca. And uh, this was probably 20 years ago now. And, uh, and so I eventually found somebody that knew of somebody down in, in, deep in the, in the jungle. Welcome the, to the medicine world. <laughs> I found somebody that knew somebody yeah, that knew, knew somebody, somebody <laughs> all of whom shall be nameless. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's funny because my, my, mom, my mom's sister is quite Catholic. And, and I, I'm going down to the Amazon to do the shamanism thing and drink this ayahuasca. And she called me up. She says, that's the pathway to hell, she said. <laughs> and, uh, and I get down there and I to this place called Puerto Maldonado. And there's just this one path going down to this little village. And I said, I'm looking for this, this medicine man, Don Ignacio. He's in his 80s. He'd been sent there when he was 14. Uh, definitely a, a, a maestro of the medicines. And um, and they said, oh, yeah, he lives down there in Infierno, Giselle. <laughs> <Like, laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, and then so <laughs> I waited the next morning for my taxi cab to get there. And sure enough, no word of a lie, this was, his name was Jesus. And so Jesus drove me down to Infierno. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's where I began my journey with Don Ignacio. We did seven journeys together. Um, I won't get too much into the experiences, but it was very profound. And I talked to Don Ignacio about my mom, who was about to get chemotherapy for she was four stage um, cancer leukemia, and uh, and he he looked he goes he looks at this one plant and he says the root from that plant, and some leaves from that bush over there. He says thirty days no cancer. And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I got on a plane, I flew back, got my mom, we flew back down there. And uh, we put her on a dieta. Um, she did. We did ten ceremonies together with ayahuasca and, and this other uh, plant maestro, their uh, master teacher plant. And her cancer was gone. Um, to this day, it's still gone. And um, so that was when I knew that this was the path for me and this is the, the direction I wanted to go. And then I began to study. Um, I signed up with a group called the Four, Wi Four Winds, um, Alberto Vialdo, and uh, started learning um, a lot about extraction, illumination, soul retrieval, 
um, a lot of shamanic tools and skills, um, but also really uh, they pointed me in the direction of the Kero elders that live mm-hmm. in the mountains, in the Andean mountains, and that's my, my lineage mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, yeah. the Kero. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit of a journey. Yeah. Bit of a journey. Wow. <laughs> that's, so cool. that's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is. Wow. Hard to wrap that one into a small. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was beautifully done. I, I mean, think we got it. <laughs> I, I know there's so much in there. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine, but we got it. Um, yeah, and, and now this idea that we're all like, like I said, life is ceremony, and and you can bring together people. So, um, Sky is a really talented um, breathwork facilitator, or um, you know, breath, and he's a really beautiful energy mover. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, when he is in his um, circle of shamanism, when he sits in that, he also used to have a really great shaman feather. <laughs> it's like a really big feather, which he jokes about all the time. And one of the things that I've loved about um, being in in this relationship with Sky is the fact that he, he there is no ego around it. Because in this kind of world of where we're, you know, of healers, and, and there's so many beautiful them, though, we still, I believe that we still have to be in discernment for ourselves what resonates and what doesn't. And there's so much out there that can speak to you, mm. but to actually be in, is, it, is am, am I giving over my power, my power of discernment or giving over my power of choice? Mm. Am I, you know, I think it's really big. And so I think you, you manage that beautifully. That was uh, sorry. I'll, that was uh, another. I'll, I'll give Stuart credit for that too. His, his, some of his main teachings were around tenderness, generosity, and respect for all living life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, when I that's what I return to. And uh, and so yeah, having ego is not always in service to other. It's it's really about service mm-hmm. to self. So yeah, just checking in with myself often around mm-hmm. that. Thank you for saying that, Judy. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So following this, this healing of, of your, your mother, which is so amazing, and I think, you know, there's so much uh, indigenous science that, uh, indigenous teachings that, uh, you know, we don't tap into or, or neglect or aren't aware of here in the West that, you know, a lot of the answers are already there. Um, you know, your mom went through this healing. Um, what were your steps from there to becoming a, a medicine man? Like, was that okay, this is my path, you know, this has brought this, this, this life and this wellness. Like, where into... did he get his MBA? <laughs> yeah, like, did, you, did you go to Ryerson or Cat College or... It was Cal. Yeah. yeah college. Um, like, did you go back to South America to further your studies or did you just start to, like, surround yourself in an ecosystem that kind of cre- created this, this path for yourself? Yeah, interesting question. Well said. It's actually a bit of both. I ended up back in Colombia, in okay. Ecuador, uh, Colombia with the Taitas there, and beautiful lineage of medicine people. I would say one of the purest lineages, um, mostly because um, you know Peru has been so inundated with so much tourism. But yes. in, in 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 Colombia, it's it's very pure. Like there's very not a lot of tourism there. Um, so I got to spend a lot of time there. And they would be ceremonies of 80 people, and there'd wow. be seven curanderos doing like powerful healing sessions that were just absolutely mind blowing. And so I got to spend a lot of time with them. And then the uh, Alto Masaic, the high shaman, the teacher, he he actually gifted me um, the the medicine of the Maloka, which is the ceremonial temple, a circular temple. So I came back to Canada, and about 15 years ago, I built an ayahuasca temple. And we started doing a lot of ceremony there, ayahuasca and peyote and 
uh, cacao and uh, you know uh, psilocybin and um, but it was also in at the same time continuing to do my studies with the four four winds and and with other elders um, my teacher uh, chief phil lane who is my pipe teacher he teaches me the medicine pipe and and also a lot about um, healing he he's he's he had a program called Healing the Hurts for the Indigenous people that had went through the, the school, all the, the horrible stuff that they went through. And so he put together some programs around how to really um, work on this at the somatic level. He was friends with um, uh, Peter Levine, the originator of, of somatic therapy. And, and he brought in a lot of these teachings, relational somatics. So like, you know, the, the pain and the wounding was happened in relationship. So it's through relationship and repatterning those, those feelings of safety and acceptance and trust. And um, that was, um, the way that I learned how to start to work with people and I you know I don't work necessarily in the same way that others were, where you know everyone's sort of sitting in their own space we actually a lot of times we're really kind of it's a lot like we're in there with them and mm -hmm. we're really um, it's very relational in that way so yeah it's um I give all of my credit to all the teachers that I've had along the way and there's also this beautiful evolution in the way that we're doing it which is really fun and uh and works that's yeah. amazing yeah. And before we started recording, we were talking about, you know, your travels from South America to, you know, South Asia and, and Nepal and Tibet. Did you continue this, this journey of seeking, um, like, medicine healers in other cultures as, as you traveled or, or what was what was that journey like for mm. you? Oh, this is awesome thank you but yeah it's really neat to also to yeah. remember and explore these things that I haven't talked about but yeah I went through you know on a path um, through like India I, I opened me to understanding some of the yogi traditions and for sure I've definitely been incorporating a lot of that those teachings from the Vedanta and, um, but also I I met a, a um, a two, uh, a couple, and then um, Jazz Mohin, who is a breatharian. She's been breatharian for 20 years. We won't get too much into that, but um, getting to know her and understanding some of the practices of um, deeper um, fasting and um, and sort of, yeah, kind of letting go of some of our attachments around, and we have a lot of ideas around, we gotta have a certain amount of protein, we gotta have all these things, you know, so like, but letting go and remembering that we are these generators of light, these generators of energy. And so I you know, started doing that, and she does, um, and I, uh, she does these long dark room retreats. So the dark room, um, most of the ancient lineages on the planet, their highest spiritual practices are in darkness. Hmm. So the you know, yogis do it, and in Tibet they're in the mountains or in the caves, and the kogis of Colombia that live in caves, uh, their their first training is eight years in darkness. The kogi in the mountains. Um, so yeah, started to do you know like two week at a time dark room retreats, and having these experiences that Buddha talked about, where your thousand petal lotus crown chakra opens up, and you're able to, um, yeah, transcend the physical body in a lot of ways and, and connect with other um, uh, uh, higher frequency dimensions and things like that. So yeah, there's been a lot of that stuff. Um, but yeah, there's been mostly, I would say mostly is really through um, connecting with the plant spirit allies and, uh, and, and just going within and mm -hmm. listening. Yeah. I love it. So many, yeah. so many lessons and teachers. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes we define things by what's what's not possible instead of what is possible and I think uh, 
as as we travel and and experience other cultures and other countries and other places those those beliefs kind of those walls break down and mm-hmm. it seems like you're manifesting a lot of that in how you live your life now so it's mm-hmm. it's cool to go out of our realms to see what's possible and bring it back home to share that with everybody yeah I'm really interested about like how you were able to um, just like link up with these different teachers and, and communities around the world in a way like you have such a kind and gentle spirit and it's mm-hmm. evident and obvious. But what was that like in terms of I, I don't even know if like gaining the trust is like the right language, mm-hmm. but um, encountering someone who has this like sacred and ancestral wisdom and teaching and having them be like open and willing to share it with someone who again like language is tricky but might be seen as like an outsider or someone who's like coming in Mm. and then Mm. because there are people who want to like take advantage of teachings right the extractive kind of practices Mm -hmm. or we would even like call it appropriation right like Mm -hmm. taking something that isn't ours and i I, in knowing you for the last hour like i know that's not what's happening Mm. but i'm just curious like how how did you find find your way in to be able to like take in and, and, and absorb those teachings in the way that you have with honor and reverence and you know the, like recognizing this is this is not mine this is like mm. the tradition that I've like been able been gifted really but like what is that what has that been like or mm. has there been people who say like oh it's not yours to teach like because mm. I've heard that with other people who bring in different yeah. wisdoms and teachings from different parts of the world yeah yeah yeah, yeah thank you I, I yeah I I'm kind of like always navigating in those those two realms yeah. and, and really bringing, yeah, bringing yourself back to humility, I think all the time is a key. Um, and also when the student is ready, the teacher will come. And I think that, uh, I, I'm just so, uh, excited to keep learning and mm-hmm. growing and, um, and be able to have more tools to share. Um, I feel like that, um, it's coming from the right place, you know, and I think that, um, uh, that's what they feel mm-hmm. um and then um there's also you know there's there's protocol there's tradition there's certain things that i feel like if you show up in a certain way um you just get let in you know but mm-hmm. also there's also things like you know you i you know with indigenous ceremonies you know always show up with some medicine you know like some type of offering so you're showing up with something to offer first you're not there to be extractive but Mm -hmm. you're there to bring something to the table and to you know and you know just they love teachers love to teach and that's you know and that you know when they feel that there's a student that's really excited and thirsty for what they have I've never met any elder or teacher that has gone to that that stream of thinking yeah they've always been so excited to share their wisdom and knowledge yeah so excited so. that's beautiful i think that just like highlights the the spirit mm-hmm. that we've often i i sort of i can't remember if i shared it with you before but there is there's an indigenous elder here who said we welcomed we welcomed the, the settlers in the people coming from overseas and you stole our generosity mm. and it mm-hmm. just always sticks with me because that spirit is like we want to meet meet you and supply you and equip you and teach you and share with you what we have with that idea of like reciprocity and I was gonna say Scott and I talk about that so much yeah about reciprocity of and you know we turned it into like hallmark and gifting (laughs) and and but is that reciprocity but I also think it's the honoring it's like where is it that we um sit in humility 
Where is it we understand what the value of what we're being gifted, mm. whether it's conversation or whether it's love or whether it's energy, and where is it that we understand reciprocity isn't equality. Mm. It is not being equal. It's not you give me sage and I give you tobacco, but it is the understanding of when I come in, I am of honor and I am bringing forth something to thank you for mm. what it is that you're gifting me, you know, mm. of, of your presence even. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's something, I think we've talked about it in a business before. I don't see it. I see it doesn't feel good to honor people because then people think that you're not important. Mm -hmm. You know, where if we were just in deep honoring to recognize nothing is ours, we are ours. Mm -hmm. We are sacred and autonomous and sovereign, but we have the ownership of nothing. Mm -hmm. We have the ownership of nothing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so the paradigm is, so reciprocity is a great one. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. it yeah. is. And I love that. It's like you, I love the way that that elder said that. And, and it's like kind of painful. Totally. It was like super painful to think, oh fuck, like where else might I do that? Where else might I, I mean, there's these big, juicy, meaty, horrendous acts that we do as humanity, but as an individual, where is it that I do that without um, being careful, without mm. being mindful, you know? So, a good one. I was thinking, Sky, too, of, you know, when I'm just gonna, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I'll just <laughs> out and out say it now. So the first time I sat in ceremony with Sky, which was in the Chilcotans in um, a teepee that was gifted to him, is, um, and he did the four directions. I mean, it, they're beautiful words and they resonate for me. And I didn't, I, I let them be exactly what they were. So I didn't try to attach to them and turn and not touch them. And as opposed to trying to understand them all, which I think is the thing that I've learned is that we don't need to understand everything. Sometimes we can let it be. The resonance came over time of hearing it again and again and then again. And then came the relationship with the words as opposed to starting mm -hmm. from understanding. And so often in moments now, I think of that thing about like I don't, need to believe but I just don't need to actively disbelieve mm. where is it that mm. I don't you know like I'm not already in denial and that can't be true and um, and I think that our culture says that we have to understand everything and I think we can seek to have understanding but I think the idea that we understand everything is also not in humility you know so I, that was like a really big thing. I, th I think my, key, my first key learnings were around the idea of non-attachment to something, but just to be in, you know, I have a, uh, my, my beautiful learning with my friend Sky is always that I'm actively, I actively celebrate his belief in his beliefs. Mm. I can have different ones, but I don't ever try to change his. And of course, what we where we come together is we our belief for humanity is mm -hmm. is I think super aligned. But that that's fundamental. Like I actually think that that was a big lesson. And then this idea of um, of just being in wonderment of it all, just being in complete wonderment, going whoa, that's kind of <laughs> cool, you know? Well, maybe that's, a, that's such a beautiful space to be mm -hmm. if we can be in wonderment. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like whether that's in through conversation or experience whether that's sitting by the ocean or a tree or mm. looking at a friend, you know, mm. I think being in wonderment is, mm. is a beautiful place. Yeah. Where, you know, we lose. Awe. It's an awe yes. of it all. Yeah. Yes. 
not trying to put framing to it, not just awe. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sky, remember, I remember once, so I think that in, in this and in working community, one of the things that I, as you guys know, talk about is like responsibility and impact. And I was thinking how the idea of ceremony always teaches. I know it always teaches you, you know, as a leader. And I can remember having conversation after conversation around this idea of I'm, I think, a big tracker of impact. Mm. And um, do you remember one day you were, I think something happened and there was a candle lit and a door opened and Sky came up to me sometime later and he said, I get it. I get it, Judy. And I was like, what do you get? And he was like, I get impact. He said there was a candle in the middle of the table or in the middle of the altar and a door was shut somewhere else. And he said, and the candle flickered. Mm. And that's how, mm. how the sensitivity, the nuance to impact mm. of ourselves mm. in the world. So mm. Yeah. So, <laughs> so many learnings, hey? You're yeah. in constant learning. Yes, which is constant learning. Yes. Constant learning. Yeah. yeah. We always talk about the idea of like, the positive trail you know and like in in the water like you can see like the wake of a boat right and the boat is gone and then the waves come to shore mm-hmm. and they stir things up and whatever <laughs> and like we we talk about that in life like what is the wake like the positive trail and intentionally wanting it to be positive mm. like that we're leaving behind as we navigate the world <laughs> and say like how how do we how do we make an impact where we might not even see it but it's gonna it's gonna happen yeah. right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i've seen that a few times like the whole the whole like marina's all like yeah <laughs> yes yeah you mother because yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's not a gentle or when they had the what are the, the the fast ferries for a while there and yeah. they were sending them through and everyone's like Yo! Sinking boats. I'm glad head. you're getting there 10 minutes early, but like you ruined my dog. I think yeah. you told me in the story, Sky, that maybe you want to share where when you're on sort of your journey of understanding where you, how you wanted to move in the world now as opposed to then, not that that was wrong, is your um, Harley story of when you gave up. <laughs> I think that's such a good one. <laughs> that was actually, I don't know if you knew, that that was my first ride on the Harley as well. Oh, no, yeah. tell me that. So tell us that because oh, it's a good one of impact. <laughs> I, love that I one. ended up at an auction with a friend of mine and, and there was a Harley. And I don't know if you've ever been to auction, but all of a sudden, you, next thing you know, you get a number in your hand. And you're like, I'm a, I was making bids on this Harley and uh, I never had a plan of buying a Harley, but I ended up so owning a Harley. That intuition. You know? yeah. <laughs> Maybe this would be called impulse, but we'll go for it. <laughs> it was a total impulse. Um, so it sat in my yard for a few months. And then one day I decided to take it for a ride and um, and uh, drove down the road and got, actually when it was heading towards, just going to put some gas in the car and, and pulled in just past, just into the gas station and just past this woman. And she had her window down, this older lady. And oh my God, I almost scared the life right out of her with this Harley, you know? Because it had full on, like, the, you know, open pipes on the side of it. And yeah, I mean, that just was enough for me to say, you know, I'm not here to, um, yeah, to, I, I, I want to, I want people to feel good mm. and um, that I guess is really the kind of through line for my life is I'd like I want people by, by the impact of my life to, to feel good in some way or feel uplifted in some way so scaring a little grandma was not in <laughs> no, alignment it was with not there. <laughs> it was not in your high like, <laughs> 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 get you one of those electric scooters that are yeah. but then she'll be mad because she didn't hear you coming <laughs> right yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true you can't you can't right. take care of everyone either yeah <laughs> <laughs> I thought um, maybe before we get into some mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. readings no, from go, Judy, no, no, just, just for, for our listeners, um, you know, while we have you here to 
tap into some of your teachings and learnings and I think mm-hmm. you know the world's gone through a lot in the last few years and there's mm-hmm. a lot of suffering and anxiety and depression and and um, you know maybe we can just tap into to some some thoughts on that like if mm-hmm. someone's listening to this and they're in a place mm-hmm. of, of deep anxiety and they're mm-hmm. having a hard time getting out of that if they're stuck in depression and mm-hmm. and just really stuck in general mm-hmm. uh, what are some some steps what are what are some some words um, that might be able to direct them towards the first step um, mm-hmm. towards you know some lightness mm-hmm. thank you I got goosebumps <laughs> um, yeah if there's anyone out there that uh, is in that place um, I, the first thing that wants to be said right now is that um, you know I've been working with uh, many indigenous elders one of my elders again chief phil lane he's a prophecy pipe carrier um, he carries crazy horses pipe from the bu- white buffalo calf prophecy and um, so he travels all over the world to many different indigenous nations they come together in ceremony they have a lot of prophecy that come from the hopi tradition from the hopi of stone and and um, a lot of the South American traditions, there's this condor coming together, the condor and the eagle, and a lot of very specific um, pulses, moments, prayer moments, and, 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 and signs that have to happen in those ceremonies that confirm where we're at. So they knew that, that the Spanish were coming, they knew that there was going to be this spiritual winter, but they also knew that they were gonna get through it. Once they received the white buffalo calf prophecy, they knew that the, they would see the end of the spiritual winter. And now what they're saying is that in 2030, that that will be the, that will be the very first day in 2030, or the very first moment, um, for the beginning of what they call a summer that will not be followed by, a daytime that will not be followed by night. Hmm. Um, the beginning of this, um, this, uh, heavenly earth, uh, peace on earth, um, and they're all in agreement. They're all in agreement. So <clears throat> part of the prophecy is that we would see, uh, you know, for a long time we see this sort of separation of the upper worlds, higher dimensional spaces, and these lower realms. And, you know, we, we've seen some of the things that are existing in those realms and what they create in the planet. But there's this time where these two, these three worlds, the middle world as well, come together. So we're seeing a lot of upheaval. We're seeing a lot of the underworld coming to the surface, but we're also seeing this massive awakening. We're seeing how many people are really starting to get on the path of their own true understanding and aligning to their true path and doing their healing work. Um, the medicines, renaissance around the medicines, um, uh, just the access to, you know, these podcasts and the amount of truth that's getting out. Um, and it's, um, it's an incredible time. Um, and so yeah, I guess the question is, where are you going to source, you know, are you going to choose life from fear? Or are you going to choose life from love and, and taking that mm-hmm. step to, to um, create your own um, definition around life and where, how you're moving through it mm-hmm. and notice where again it's like that south right it's shedding the old past where am I where am I sourcing from the past where am I sourcing from the fear you know this is what happened to me so I'm going to try and make sure it doesn't happen to me again and they get this retraction and this closing versus like what's possible and moving mm-hmm. towards that so um yeah but I would say that um it's very uh clear and at least in the indigenous perspective that we are moving towards uh, what the Kali Yuga, or the, the, the um, sort of the Vedanta talk about the uh, golden age, the Kalki Yuga, and that we are moving towards the, this dawning of a new time and this, uh, so, yeah. 
I mean, on a practical level. I mean, no, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks no, for no, bringing no, it no. back to practical. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 beautiful. But that is what totally you asked for. Expect, no, yeah. totally, totally. But I think the things, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the things that, you know, I think are in the field is, I mean, first of all, on a really practical level is uh, ensure, like I said, there's that high level of discernment and responsibility of self. And that comes into when you're seeking, you know, things like counseling or therapy, all, but be in discernment about what is true and resonates for you. You know, I think, um, you know, I, Sky, you'd probably say like a practice of breath is, you know, foundational. We're doing, I mean, the, the, the truest and simplest of mm-hmm. ceremony is simply your breath. Yes. You know, yes, a yes. practice of movement, mm-hmm. but not just running, even though it's a beautiful mm-hmm. movement, but also the practice of knowing when it should be a run versus when should it be, you know, a quiet moment or a beautiful stretch or, mm-hmm. you know, where where are, and where do we, we connect with all of the elements? I think that's like the, the directions. Where do we connect with those in their life? So mm-hmm. I think Sky, that's exactly like you said. Mm-hmm. I, I think the thing is, where is it, can we be in our own truth of um, when, when we're falling into pattern, when we're falling into either a, um, you know, something that has, we, we talk a lot about imprinting, mm. but I also say that we also are in full choice. Mm. Yes. So we might yeah. be affected by that imprinting, affected by that programming, but you are not a program. Mm. So mm. you get to choose whether that program lives on in you or not. Yes. You know, so mm-hmm. I think responsibility. Yeah, and I also feel like we're definitely moving collectively from west to north. So uh, we're moving where we're, we, we have more resources for ourselves mm-hmm. to, to be able to get onto this journey. Um, so I would say that North is really, it's Hummingbird again. And if you think of Hummingbird, um, what they know is that Hummingbird will always, in a, in a field of flowers, it will always know how to find the sweetest flower, the sweetest nectar. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> this is ability that we all have. The Mayans say we have 360 senses, not just five. So. It's, I guess it's starting to listen to what is your yes, you know, and some people may feel those truth shivers when you hear that you get the, I've had the goosebumps multiple times in this conversation already, which is amazing. Um, But that's when I feel that I'm in a stream of truth or a stream of like I'm being guided or a stream of that I'm hearing something that is leading me in a direction that feels true for me in that moment. And so that would be my most practical thing. I would listen to when it feels, you may, sometimes you can even just stop and, you know, maybe it's do I go right or do I go left mm-hmm. and just simply feeling right feeling if there's a retraction or contraction in the body feeling left is there more openness and and see if you could begin to start to be guided by that yes mm-hmm. by that lightness the f- there's a there's a there's a lightness that comes along with making a decision that's true for you yeah because yeah. your body does feel that yes and no feeling and pretty much every you know obstacle or opportunity in life, you know, some it's things true. feel right and some things feel wrong, and if and we the, can follow yeah, that, if we can follow it, and but I think it requires a practice of clearing mm-hmm. every day. What yeah. we said, whether it's a run or whether it's breath or whatever, because I also think that we're socialized to start to dress our yeses up, our noes up as yeses, and our yeses <laughs> up as noes. Yeah. So we, you know, it's like that. Am I? Am I? Do I have freedom from? Um, myself in that moment yeah. so t- yeah. then to firmly be in myself and freedom myself is like my mind yeah. you know my mind which is I'm going to read this because mm-hmm. it just came mm-hmm. up from no I, I didn't even think about it till I was just saying it because this is it we're um, in the flow this is uh, the question was uh, so me 
because they're reading me, what's the best way to learn to be spiritual? The old woman, pack light. Me, what do you mean? Old woman, carry only what you need for the journey. Don't tire yourself out with unnecessary stuff. Me, like what? Old woman, like your head. <laughs> like your talk. Spiritually isn't found in your head, it's found in your heart. It isn't found in big, important-sounding words or long speeches. It's found in silence. If you travel with your heart and you're quiet, you'll find the way to spirituality. So that idea. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. The word, the word for me, even before you read that, was just embodiment. Mm. Like nice. coming back, coming home to yourself, and like not just the not just the top. 10 inches or whatever's up mm -hmm. here, right? But like our whole selves. Yeah. And like we've talked about this on and off for the last couple of years, really, Zach and I, this idea of like how do we become more embodied and more in tune and just hearing you say that sky, like feeling a direction. Like I was like, oh, that's mm -hmm. something that I've, I've never done. Mm -hmm. And it like makes, it makes sense on that level of like just coming back and coming home to yourself and trusting yourself and knowing that like we are we are connected to the source and as we like become more aware of that and give ourselves opportunity mm -hmm. to experience or to find feel the goosebumps and not just ignore it but mm -hmm. to actually feel it and go what is that teaching me what is that alerting me to mm -hmm. why do i have that response and just begin to be more curious about you know the sensations and all of the stuff that is going on within us that's like flashing <laughs> lights totally. you know that we've learned to just ignore mm. because of whatever it is busyness well, and hectic and all the devices or we've learned to react to right and yeah. so that goes back to the mm. our whole conversation around emotional intelligence that pause to understand is even your truth actually true mm. or is it manifestation of truth that's going to serve you in some other way totally. yeah so totally. that pause of going oh I think we have also talked about this, the idea of intuition comes up so much and I'm a big believer in it, but we can really dress intuition oh, up. Yeah. <laughs> to like, people say to me, it's my intuition. I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. it's your intuition. But I think really when you start to understand, when you can start to have a belief in yourself around your cultivation of wisdom or intuition is when things drop for you that actually don't serve you in, in, in the 3D world. Like, it's actually not what I want to do, but it will be what I will do because it's for my highest and best and mm -hmm. the highest and best of others. Mm -hmm. When you have that moment, you're like, darn, <laughs> I get it now, mm -hmm. you know? And can you go from there? Not is this serving me in, you know, my my 3D world, is it serving me for my highest and best of self? Mm -hmm. and, the, and, and if I am in my highest and best, I, everyone else will be, I will be in the highest and best service. Yeah, I love that. Just listening to you both, um, kind of where I was reflecting was, you know, you spoke of, of unpeeling this onion and these layers and, mm. and Judy connecting to, to ourselves is I feel like we've created all of this, this armor, all these layers that weren't there in the first place. Mm. So uh, not only do we have to unpeel layers to get ourselves where a lot of us are adding layers where you know mm. we're walking around with distractions that we've created you know our cell phones or our, our headphones are on we you know we create this armor of distractions so that we are not vulnerable so that we can't you know get to self because it's safer to mm -hmm. kind of stay disconnected mm -hmm. so i think like 
just to get to that base level of, of connection, we have to look at like, where are we living in distraction? Mm -hmm. Where are we putting up walls or layers to, it might be a self-defense that mm -hmm. we're unaware of, but mm -hmm. where, where does that exist so that we can get to just, you know, our base layer of self and then mm -hmm. start to unpeel from there? Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm thinking right now of mm -hmm. um, this week and the last week and a half is, um, Sky and I have a mutual friend who uh, who kind of had a bit of a awakening moment. Um, he's like an incredible, he's a man who's an incredible human being, incredible of heart, and he's also been in business. He's also a bit of a doer. Um, he's a great athlete, and he also really enjoys all sorts of adventure. He's, we call him the, like he's the king of Stoke. He's just <laughs> in his Stoke all the time. and. Um, and he had a car accident last week that, and, and in the end, it involved him getting a new pacemaker because his heart stopped. And I think we did a collective breathwork session um, on, I guess it was Monday, with people from everywhere, all aspects and facets of his life. And after that finished guy happened to be um, up at Whistler at that moment, and I think that, like I said to you, I'm still feeling the sensitivity mm -hmm. of the beauty of just being in full harmony mm. with you know with each other mm. and for a higher and greater good which was the healing of this uh, a friend our beautiful mm. you know I like we call him our warrior friend right now <laughs> <laughs> warrior friend but I mean isn't that just it mm -hmm. that's just it it was yeah such a resonance and and also like he's like learning a lesson for all of us which is around this lesson of slowing down and I'm mm. like oh, Thank you, Brent. <laughs> Thank you for learning that lesson so I can pay attention to it. Mm, yeah. And I think that's a real gift in community yes. when we see that, when we you know, get to be in the lessons of others. Yes. We're going to pay attention. Yes. Spirit will continue to give us lessons until we, we learn it. Yeah. <laughs> Often they get harder and harder. But yeah, what a beautiful opportunity that we had. We got to have a, a true celebration of life <laughs> where he was still living, you know, and, yeah. uh, and it just made it uh, just uh, it was like for him, just the amount of love that he got to see that was present in his life that maybe in the busyness of life he wasn't totally seeing or, or, or receiving and allowing in and, um, you know, a man of, of does a lot of big work in the world and he so he's always there for others yeah. so it was this beautiful opportunity to watch somebody to soften in that way and we, I, we all got to feel we it all got to feel it and it was that. in direct opposite well no it was uh it was exactly would you remember i sort of called that in on the friday before on the friday before i had had been to a celebration of life somebody had passed someone had transitioned and in this room of people i i think i actually said afterwards is because you, you, we've talked so much about death and how into it I am. <laughs> so, but I was like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. And what a shame is that we're here and you know, whatever my belief is as a, of transitioning, you know, maybe someone's watching, maybe they're not, who knows. But if this is what it's like, is if there is this m amount of love in a room then it's such a shame that we have to pass. I was like, oh, if this is death, this is amazing. Mm. <laughs> this is just amazing. And so I had that as somebody actually passed. As a, and then 
you know, three days later had the same feeling while someone was still alive, <laughs> you know, while someone was still here, was yeah. still able. And I was like, oh, God, okay, there we go again. Mm -hmm. What is ceremony? What is um, that celebration yeah. on a on a moment-to-moment -moment level so that we're living in that love, that place of love. Well, I think that's the beautiful teaching there is like we don't have to wait. We don't have mm. to wait. We don't wait. have to wait. Yeah. No. Like sometimes it's more uh, impactful in that moment because because it is a, a finite moment of like, okay, this person has moved on mm -hmm. to whatever is next and they're no longer with us in the capacity that they were. So mm -hmm. we notice it in a different way, but we don't have to wait for those moments to say, this is why you matter to me and this is how much I care about you and how you've impacted my life and I want, I want you to know now, mm -hmm. right? And like how, how much more beautiful would the world be if just like if uh, each of us went to the four yes. or five people in our closest circle and told them why and how much they yes. mean to us? Like, yes. oh man, talk about like leveling up the energy in our, oh you know, in our atmospheres. Like oh that would gosh. be so beautiful. Yeah, where is it we just don't take opportunity every day? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I did quite a few years uh, in hospice care um, oh. as part of my training. Um, and uh, we definitely, it's one of the things that happens in, in, in the end of life, and this was written in the Tibetan Book of the Dead and the uh, uh, Egyptian Book of the Dead, is that there's this place of the call of Shabalba, this place where we go into the, into the underworld of our being, go there for purification. It's like a 16 or 17 day process. And at that point, we go through a life review. And we see all the places in our life where we where we where we experienced love, where we experienced, uh, where we said the "I thank you," "I love you," "the I forgive you," all those moments. <clears throat> they say that the quality of a person's death is directly related to the quality of their exhale. So we come in with the inhale, and we go out with the exhale. So, and the quality of your exhale is directly related to have you said those things. You know, so that would be one of those practical things too. Is where in your life do you want to, do you need, or should uh, um, say I'm sorry, or say thank you, or say I love you, <laughs> I love you. You're perfect, just as you are. I see you, um, and notice the amount of energy it frees up for your life and flow. Um, those simple things can do like massive amount of impact. So yeah. I guess when I'm listening to you and thinking of that idea that we talk about so much of, like where are you in expansion of heart and then when do you feel retraction of heart, you know? Where do you expand and where do you, can you feel when you retract? I mean, can you feel when you're stepping back from your own sense of um, lovingness to yourself <laughs> or others? Yeah. Oh yeah. For me, it's in, it's in like busyness. So I've done some work around um, like the Enneagram. Okay. And so I'm, a, I'm a, like a true seven, which is like an enthusiast. Yes. You are indeed an enthusiast. <laughs> like, <laughs> you are like, indeed. Yes. To, I, think, I think sevens invented FOMO. Like yes to everything, <laughs> right? Um, but in dysregulation, mm. we move into that space where we recognize you can't do it all. Mm. And you can't do it all well. Mm. But we want to. And so there's this tension that builds up. And for me, I, I feel it the most in rush or hurry mm. and I become the worst version of myself in mm -hmm. those moments and so like that's and that's that contraction of like no this is not who I want to be it's not expansive it's not welcoming it's not loving it's not gentle and playful and these are all the things that I uh, love most about who I am mm -hmm. is that that's you know 
who who I am made to be is like that kind of person. But yeah, in in that kind of contraction is like, it's when there's rush, it's when there's hurry, mm. and I often do it to myself mm. because yeah. of trying because trying to live so fully and freely yeah, and playfully. Right. So learning to like manage both of those to avoid that that contractive state as best as possible. I think that what um, yeah, comes well, up for well you when said. you say that is, you know, because I think we constantly need, um, it, or we don't need, I think it's in, it constantly serves us to redefine a word as it sits for us now. And I think my consideration for that is what does full look like for you now? What does full look like for you now? Mm -hmm. You know, That's a good consideration. Yeah, yeah. It's probably less... Life but more exactly depth, right? depth. yeah yeah what is yeah. that and mm. what about for you where and where are you in expansion of heart and where do you find yourself in contraction Ooh, these are good questions judy <laughs> <laughs> um i think i feel an expansion when i i mean the idea of ceremony i might not use that language but when i give space mm -hmm. for for time like i'm the way I think it needs space to allow my thoughts to, to sort and, and to kind of fall where they need to be. Mm -hmm. So if I don't give myself that space, then I feel mm -hmm. contracted and I feel chaotic or uh, overwhelmed. So if I schedule myself, you know, from beginning of day to end of day, and then I go home mm -hmm. and, you know, the kids, you know, are mm -hmm. lots of energy and, you know, you know, the <laughs> Megan, my wife has had, you know, her own challenges during the day. If I don't have any space, to process, then mm. it just feels like, you know, mm. there's no possibility. It's all overwhelming. It's mm. hard to be. So it's hard to create. Yeah. So um, often for me, that manifests in, like I mentioned, running. But it doesn't have to be running. It could be some sort of movement um, mm. that is a way um, that creates space for me. It could just be sitting and observing nature. Uh, but I find it easier if I mm. have movement. It kind of is mm. like fast tracks me into yeah, that so way of thinking. It's funny. Uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday as they were considering their kind of path to what we call retirement, but of kind of releasing mm. work as a full yes. time. And one of the things, and it was actually a man, <laughs> so that's also interesting, but it was the idea of, you know, there's no doubt that movement makes us feel incredible in our body but my suggestion is practices that don't that being able to have practices in your life that don't involve something physical too mm -hmm. because you know as we age those things may be yes may no longer be for us of course and so it can feel like such an absence that can actually create a contraction in our heart mm. because we don't know how to fill it. Right. So, you know, now yes. is the time to make sure that that happens with yes. breath, that yes. happens with, you know, other things, whatever whatever they are. But it really struck me and looking at this, he was about a 65-year-old man, and I was like, you know, it was all about, I get tired, I'm going to do more, more golf, more biking, more, and I was like, and what if you can't? Yes. Then what does life look? Mm -hmm. What does a full life look like? Yeah. Then? Yeah. What does a full life look like then if it doesn't involve doing? That is good. Doing, yeah. That reminds me of my grandfather. Yeah. Totally. Um, my grandfather had a septic tank pumping business. You know, he was in the war, Second World War. He won the most escaped convict of war. Yeah. 
escaped from eight prison camps. Really? <laughs> wow. wow. I was just about to say got caught eight times. Too, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, he gets home from the war, and, you know, he's just a, a Irish man, just a man of hard work and toil, similar to my dad, and um, worked his whole life. Okay, 65, I'm going to retire. You know, he's got this septic tank, tank pumping business. He's pumping people's... <laughs> fertilizer and uh, turn it and 65 you know he buys a motor home and uh, he retires and a couple months later he gets hit by a drunk driver yeah and killed and um, it's just such a tragedy you know like that idea that we wait yes. until we're 65 before we do the thing that we want to do what that is most important to us yeah. And so I guess that would be another practical thing, which is to do the thing that you feel you want to do. And not even and do the thing, be the person be the that person. you want to be. Yes. Like, yeah. I see that when, while we're, you know, in a stage of build where we're like, I really want to give back to community. And once I have a certain amount of wealth, then I will do that. Yes. Yes. But then we're not practicing it. Yeah. So to, it's so interesting to me that we think we're all of a sudden going to turn an age and yeah. it's all going to happen. Yeah. Like, not being in the practice of something means that we have to actually engage. We have to have a plan to engage in the practice of it. So it's way easier if you do it in little yeah. bits and pieces your whole life. Yes. But uh, hold on one second. Yes. Yeah, you avoided <laughs> the contraction. Sky, where are you in expansion? When do you know you're in expansion and when will you be? Mm. I think I would have to like reflect on what both of you said around you know space, um, and again that is what ceremony is. So um, I'm in a bit of a process around that right now because I'm in a building process with what I'm creating, um, and I find that I have a similar type of patterning um, of trying to do everything myself, um, and a lack of being able to ask, like a, sort of a, a resistance to asking because maybe that wasn't available to me when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So it's a practice now of like learning to ask, but I still find myself saying yes to so many things and finding myself in these situations where, yeah, it's just not realistic and it's not um, serving anybody mm-hmm. around serving me anybody. when I'm in that yeah, space. So, yeah. Okay, I have one deeper mm-hmm. for you then, because you all talked about something that's very actually similar. quite external. What is it? When can you feel contraction in yourself that you think is a pattern of fear or hurt or pain? What is the message that you hear in your head then? You know what I mean? Well, usually it's for me, it's like old stories. Yeah, what mm-hmm. would an old story be about yourself that when you're in a conversation or in a situation where it's like, I have to shut down because that's gonna hurt me somehow. What, mm. what is that for you? Um, if I feel scarcity in something, mm. I don't feel Thanks abundant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Generational trauma. <laughs> but it's it's funny, like I I almost find like um when I go there just have playing sports growing up, I almost like go to like how I used to like pet myself up for like a basketball game or a soccer game, like just like kind of I don't Which, know. How does that sound? Let's hear it out like, loud. Like for lack of better words it's like let's fucking go like let's do this you're fine you're okay like let's let's go let's show up and and knowing that 
um, change and mood and all these things usually follow action. So I usually feel like when I have that scarcity, I feel like I'm in inaction, I'm, I'm stuck, and I just need to take action to get unstuck. Is the scarcity, is the scarcity there's not enough for me, or is it just there's not enough, period? Uh, there's, it can be not enough for everybody. It's not necessarily just, just me. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm scarcity the idea of not enough of something yes i am not enough there is not enough yes it could be time it could be resources it could be mm. love it could be like uh you know it could be anything mm -hmm. mm. dean what about for you yeah i think mine is like uh the story that i'm like not good enough that's that's one one that I like come back to, which is interesting because you're good enough, team. Yeah, <laughs> like pretty confident all my life, like able to do the things that I love to do and do them pretty well, but always I find like, and I don't know if it's like just like we're all our own worst critic. There's part of that, but there is there is a a regular voice that needs to be like silenced or like mm -hmm. reminded like that's not that's not the truth about me that comes out whether it's just yeah in many ways but just like yeah who who are you like who do you who do you think you are to be doing to do the things you're doing or you're not good enough to be that mm -hmm. person mm -hmm. and so it's just interesting like mm -hmm. yeah I was, I was talking to somebody the other mm -hmm. day where I said it was I mean I think we're learning a little bit more now but that's for me that comes back to the language of binaryism mm. that you know is uh, I think it's in one of yes. the, uh, the field of you know right beyond the field of right doing and wrong doing I'll meet you there and it's not that some actions or behaviors don't have deep impact but I was thinking of when you talk to a child and you say good boy good girl you know good which means that there's times that they're not good even if you don't actively say they're bad. They go, oh, you know, so if something doesn't happen the way I want it to happen, or if I don't feel the way I want to feel, does that mean then I'm bad? Mm -hmm. Even if someone actively doesn't tell me I'm bad. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, what about the language? Where is it we use language of, um, you know, instead saying, hey, that, that behavior had impact on me, you know, and I think mm -hmm. we witnessed this this week a bit, and, and, and I love you. Mm -hmm. Doesn't change my love for you, and the behavior did have impact. Mm. Not good behavior, not bad behavior, but that behavior had impact for me. Right. Yeah, so I wonder where we, because I, I don't know about your childhood, we haven't talked about that, we probably should do right on the, now <laughs> on this podcast <laughs> right now, where your parents can there listen. But, yeah. is, but is that like where, and where have I said to other, to child, you know, I've used language that d isn't negative, but that there's an assumption that if they don't do this, then they're yeah. not. Yeah. You know, where does that happen? So, yeah. Yeah, so good thing for us to remember in the mode of parenting, parenting ourselves <laughs> and, totally. and our children. Yeah. yeah. And even our parents sometimes. Mm. Yeah. What about, <laughs> uh, what about yep. we use that? Oh, we're going to go there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, since I was, you know, I sort of sloughed off the question last time. I'll go a little <laughs> deeper. Um, I would say that in relationship with my intimate partner, mm -hmm. if I feel at times that um, I'm being blamed for something or mm. or uh, she's in a dysregulated nervous system, um, it's, it's sometimes difficult for, for me to stay in compassion mm -hmm. 
and to not go into defense mode mm -hmm. and um, feel, I can feel my heart armor you know and almost this cloaking energy and I know I know it was very uh, I had a my mom was you know didn't have a lot of support when I was younger mm -hmm. and, and was you know uh, highly emotional and had a lot of trauma and mm -hmm. so there it was a very dysregulated energy in as a child and so I would I spent most of my time in sort of like I don't know six to ten like in the I'd head to the forest out back or play in the mountains or play in the mud or just go, just go leave and um, so I feel I find myself like in a flight response sometimes when mm -hmm. I'm around dysregulated energy specifically in my intimate partnership but something that we're working through with somatics and stuff to be able to really get get a deeper connection to that piece but and how beautiful and a good thing for you to say around the parent thing is I've been thinking about that a lot as people talk about childhoods is I where is it we give grace to recognize that you know some of the resources that exist now didn't exist mm -hmm. and they weren't accessible and they weren't um, available and um, and and that beautiful thing that you said is not my mom did this but rather she didn't she, uh, my poor mom didn't have the resources. She didn't have the help, the support that was needed yeah. to be able to step into that. Yeah. You know, what mm -hmm. that is. And, you know, I guess then, how awful does it feel when you, you know, you're wanting, because I have three men around the table <laughs> who want just to be in their hearts, you know? And then you can feel yourself shrinking in your heart. Mm. Yeah. You know, how does that feel? Not so good, hey? Yeah, I mean... We never want to feel limited. We want to feel mm. abundant. And I think if we're feeling constricted, that shows up how we parent. And, like, you know, if I mm -hmm. come home and I'm stressed, I'm sure I'm teaching my, my sons, you know, limiting beliefs versus, you know, limitless beliefs. And I show up in love and I come home and I give them a big hug and I tell them I love them. Like, you can see a difference in, mm -hmm. in, in how they feel and how they act versus if I come home and I'm feeling like I race through the day and I'm overwhelmed so mm -hmm. I think taking mm -hmm. that pause um, is, is important and mm -hmm. I think the binaries that you speak of and language it's it's everywhere it's good it's bad it's mm -hmm. how we talk about food it's mm -hmm. how we talk about mm -hmm. bodies it's how we talk mm -hmm. about behavior um, mm -hmm. you know we talk to our kids about like you know one more bite, two more bites, but like there's, Limit, there were, yeah, we're we're limiting and creating relationship to to food or to self. And Not asking them, what does your body want? What now? does your yeah. body want? What yeah. does your body want? Because yes. just because I'm hungry doesn't mean right. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I had a British mom, so yeah. when she when she was. Hot. We all were hot. Yes. <laughs> Whether or not yeah. that was the truth. Or when she, yeah, no, so I couldn't I think, remember that. You must be. No, why don't you just ask? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you yeah. must be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I think yeah. a lot of it stems from moments in our childhood where we were wronged for something mm -hmm. that we did, you know, mm -hmm. for following our natural impulse. And that impulse then, which was like, hey, I'm going to go play in the mud, and then we get reprimanded for yes. it. And it's like, okay, there must be something wrong with me or wrong with yes. my natural impulse. And so right. then begins this sort of seeking of validation or seeking yeah. of the shoulds or what, how I should be in the world versus that listening. 
And so with our daughter, we had a, a no wronging policy. <laughs> and, um, you know, we, not that she's not going to make mistakes, but that that's a perfect part of, of learning mm -hmm. and growing and to really sort of reflect back to her. How did it feel when you did that or made th that choice? And what was that impact like for you? And now we don't have to parent in that way anymore because <laughs> she's just so... Uh, she's also Capricorn, so that's, yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but I think um, given Dean's um, religious <laughs> background, I think the one thing that you were talking about the other day is the idea of sin. Oh. And what did you say? Like the meaning, yeah. the deep meaning. Yeah, of the, sin the real sin. definition of sin is to miss the mark. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. Totally. So, but we made it into something like really bad. Hell in oh, brimstone. Right. Yes. Eternal hell. Hey, yeah. hey, Zeus is taking you down the road. <laughs> Inferno. Inferno. You off to Inferno. For your sins, for missing yeah. the mark. But it's true. Know. Yeah, there's so much language that's that's been uh, misused to the point of like abuse. I think spiritual abuse towards people, and that's definitely one of them. This concept of you are a sinner, mm. and it's like, well. What does that even mean? Mm. And how, like, now you're just labeling someone as something negative mm. versus just being like, no, it just means like you have a path or a trajectory and like you missed. Mm. You missed where you want to go. Same, same, the other religious word that we hear a lot and people yell at about is like repent. Mm. Repent. Repent because you sinned. And literally, the Greek metanoia just means like to realign. So it's this idea that you're going, you're going on a path and you've like stepped off the path by a degree or maybe more mm. but then the invitation and it is an invitation mm. to to repent mm. is just to return mm. to return to the path mm. return to the way that you were walking towards the target mm. you were to remember to remember to remember to remember yeah so there's so much there's there's yeah. so much work that needs to be unpacked and so many uh, abuses and wrongs that need to be named and yeah. corrected mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. but that's that's the really that's the work now yeah. <laughs> for people yeah, like me i think yeah. so well said yeah. beautiful mm -hmm. yeah and if we really understood all what it what they what they actually what the the actual meaning is if we actually let the meaning speak for itself uh, instead of adding our narrative to that meaning, totally you know <laughs> yeah. what would that what would that i was thinking about with um kids all those things you say you know i've got we've talked before about you know, I've got this, these two grandkids and this big, big-hearted personality in Rose. And, and this idea that when he walks in with his bigness of love is that I can see some people not know what to do with it. And the, the, ex, the practice for me is not to make it better for them, <laughs> to let them sort <laughs> that out with him directly. You just sort that out with him, you know? Mm -hmm. If you don't want to be loved and hugged and kissed, mm -hmm. that's, you actually get that, and you need to, I don't need to start, I don't need to make him less mm. yeah. to make you comfortable. Right. You can make yourself comfortable. I yes. give you that, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I give you that. Yeah. Yeah. What nice. do you, okay, oh, no, another one came up for me. Okay. What did you think as a kid, what do you, to Sky's question, what do you remember feeling like, what in you felt like it had to, it was, it was not allowed? Mm. Well, that's a good question. I gotta, I gotta contemplate that for a second. I mean, my mom was always very loving and believed in, like, 
without question believed in me. So I feel she like... She probably shouldn't have sometimes just so we're clear. <laughs> of course, of course. I saw you as a teenager. But I don't think that your parents did it to you. It's just like Sky said, it wasn't like someone said, but there was a moment. Was, it, was there anything where you felt like I should be a little bit quieter? Like, was there something about your height? Was there ever a thing where you're like... <laughs> probably, I, yeah. I mean, I was, t- I was always tall. Um, I mean, you know this about me too. Like, uh, I've always, even as a young, young child, I had anger. So I think, like, I think uh, that would flare up, and I'd. I don't know if this is going in the direction of your question. I think I just have to consider it for a second. Yeah, but no, I I think your thing about anger, like you named it as anger, but as when you were younger, could it have been another thing where we were like, wow, okay, you, f- you feel a lot about that. Hmm. You know, it, it's interesting, okay. So in having two sons, you're able to kind of reflect on your own childhood, yeah. and, and I think- I, I am able. I, I'm able to yeah. reflect on my own childhood, yeah. and, and my son Finn is, is cautious, and um, he likes to take his time to be comfortable with things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I was much the same until mm. I got a little bit older. I remember specifically, like, this is a funny remembrance, but, like, Halloween, I liked to go by myself. I found that everyone was running, sprinting from door to door, mm. and it was too fast for me. I just, like, it was overwhelming. And I couldn't see the decorations, and I couldn't wow. see the, you know, the things that I enjoyed about Halloween. So I went by myself on Halloween, like, every year as a kid. I never liked going. I went with my friends once and I was like, no. So I just went trick-or-treating by myself every single year. That's an amazing one. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so awesome. And I, and I see that in Finn. And the funny thing is sometimes I my instinct is to push him and I need to remember that I too was cautious and slow and wanted so to... So kind of like, Finn, how great that you know this about yourself. Yes. Yeah. 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 How beautiful that you know all that. Yeah, so he's allowing me to remember these things. Beautiful. What about for you, Dean? Yeah, I I think like uh, when I think back to my childhood, like (laughs) my parents were were not perfect, and nor should they have been, but they were so loving and really, really, um, I think encouraged us to explore and to live and Mm -hmm. to like kind of be who we were. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of permission and there was a lot of trust, which I think was beautiful because they were kind of just doing the best they could. They both mm-hmm. worked, and um, but provided for us in all sense of the word, I think, as best they really could. And so I don't ever feel like there was part of me that was like squashed or mm-hmm. that I shouldn't be so loud or mm-hmm. whatever. But uh, kind of similar to Zach, like having children, I've really seen myself as a kid in my oldest daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has helped me remember things about my childhood that I didn't ever think of and kind of otherwise would have forgot because I've kind of grown up past those feelings. Mm. And I, I'm a very non-anxious person, like maybe mm. sometimes to a fault. <laughs> but that wasn't always the case when I was a kid. Like I mm. had a lot of nervousness and anxiety and especially around bedtime, like I would be nervous and I wouldn't, I'd stay up late and I wouldn't sleep well, which is like not the case whatsoever now. Mm-hmm. But I see that in her. I see those things coming up in her and it has taught me 
to have like such compassion and space for those feelings that she's having because at first I was like, what? Like, what? Who cares? Like, don't worry about it. As if that's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and now yeah. learning to, for, and, and it's helped me even as, a, as an adult, but teaching her and teaching myself that like these feelings are okay feelings. They're, we have them for a reason. Um, we don't have to let them overwhelm us, but you can feel them and know that like whatever it is, like think, it, allow it to come mm. and allow yourself to experience it, but don't let it overwhelm you because you know that you're safe. You know that like we're right here or whatever it is, or try, you know, with some anxiety and anxiousness, just there's lots of different mm. tools and stuff to, mm. to pull in. But it has really shown me in kind of like a mirror or like a window into my past. Some of the things that I experienced that I had like forgotten about repressed I, I don't know I haven't done enough work around that but it's been interesting kind of revisiting it through her experience now and then wondering like n again like not in a negative way about my parents but like they weren't helping me through that at all mm -hmm. I was just kind of like doing it on my own mm -hmm. whereas now I'm trying to like be a guide with her but also know there's value in her like navigating those things herself a little bit so and just trying to not <laughs> mess her up <laughs> more than I already have. You know? Just by being her dad. By yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to happen. <laughs> Let's do the degree. Let's lower degree. the degree. Let's yeah. lower the degree. What about for you, Scott? Um, yeah, I was just, just reflecting a little bit there. Um, I feel that, uh, you know, having had parents that, that were, like my mom was very sort of, like I said, um, you know, early 20s when she had us and just not no capacity mm -hmm. no support um, and I was a big energy <laughs> and uh, she said at one time she just put me in God's hands she said I just I put you in God's hands because I can't be worried all the time you know and I would do things that would just like one day I flew over I was doing my pilot's license at 18 I flew over the house called her up I'm like mom I'm gonna go fly over the house you know go out in 30 minutes and then I get up there and I decide to do a stall into a spiral which I didn't realize that from my mom's point of view this plane's flying <laughs> along and then the engine cuts out and then starts you know spiraling to the earth right <laughs> these kind of things you know motocross and you know extreme skiing and backcountry stuff and I would just like not come home for days and um, my poor mom. But anyways, that, I, I diverted a bit. But my, my, on my dad's side, you know, my dad worked out of town all the time. He, came, he would come home on the weekends, you know, from his point of view, working hard, feeding my family. That's love, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm, like, waiting for my dad to come home because I built this jump, and I'm going to take this huge jump on my – do you remember the old uh, – bikes with the with the tanks and the shocks like they oh, look like yeah. <laughs> and I had that thing ready and my dad pulls up and I'm about to just race and catch because I was getting some big airs you know a foot whatever but you know the time feels like you're flying Fly. like radio flyer you know yes. and uh and then my daddy comes home and he's like what are you doing get that thing off the road and, you know stressed from a week of work mm -hmm. tired overworked whatever um but that the impact of that was that um I just ended up um, not resourcing from family in that mm -hmm. way. So I became uh, sort of an introvert. Mm -hmm. um, and then, I, then I, see, I was a seeker. 
um, seeker of that, and that's why we, again, why, why with seeker, the, of seeker of community, connection, oh, yeah. safe love, yeah. and like you know, yeah. acceptance, these types of things, mm-hmm. regulated feminine energy. Yeah. <laughs> that's you know, belonging. Yeah, yeah, belonging, being held and safe in a space. Yeah. And I and I realize that in the work that that I do now is that's really what everyone's looking to feel Safety, more of. Safety, belonging. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All goes yeah. down to one of the three. So yeah, and I'm also one. very thankful because it did give me the opportunity to not have, like some people may have a lot of like cultural imprinting and, and you know, do's and shoulds and shouldn'ts and I didn't really have a lot of those. I had this ability to just go and like play and be free mm-hmm. and that's why mm-hmm. I did a lot so of So a sense of freedom. Sense of freedom was About the gift what you should or shouldn't do or be. Yeah, but then I also had to make all the lessons yeah, through yeah. making the mistakes. Which yeah. <laughs> would have been nice to have some eldership <laughs> <laughs> earlier on, you know. Yeah. Good thing I made it through, but anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe we can hang out on some of those loftier, you know, you talked about fear there. Um, I think just with your teachings and your background and, you know, being a stuntman, there's obviously, you know, a relationship with fear that you're comfortable with. Um, But for those listening, like looking for some of of these life lessons, like maybe we can talk a little bit about detachment and ego and fear and Mm. just kind of hang out there and see see what comes up. So when, when you think about detachment, and ego, kind of what, what comes up for you? Mm. Um, detachment and ego, interesting. Yeah, I think you mentioned, you know, kind of this part of our being that uh, uh, wants to keep things safe, right? It's a reptilian brain, the lower brain. Um, it's, uh, you know, its job is done if you get home and you're alive. Right, you think back to the cave, and you know if you went down the pathway to the left, and you went through this like treacherous, like thorn-filled, you know, predator-rich environment to get to this rotten grape, and you eat this rotten grape, and you do your treacherous trek back, and you get to the cave. Well, the next day, that part of the brain is just going to say, "Hey, that way I stayed alive, and so I'm going to do that over and over and over again." And you can see how we do that today with you know our jobs and our maybe relationships that are not serving, and we keep doing it because that is keep because we're living. But that part of the brain needs things to be to be the same, and so change uh, it, it re- reacts to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is. A, I think it's a practice of um, looking where we're again sourcing from the fears and the um, you know not wanting to make a change because I'm scared of what might happen, even though I know that that choice needs to happen. And um, yeah, so the attachment to outcomes and to in relationships, um, I think it's a good practice to be able to um, at least create space in relationship that are not serving so that you can create space for more of what is. Um, but often it's a, it's a difficult process and, and it's, it's a practice. It's like practicing and flexing a muscle I guess for that's how I see it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and, and what about fear like how did you create a relationship with fear where it felt safe are you talking well I, I guess I, the I question think, is they, what are you afraid of that <laughs> isn't to do with hurling yourself over a freaking cliff or <laughs> <laughs> do you have a relationship with all fear or only physical fear yeah well relationship to physical fear I mean I I think that I was always ch- facing fear or ch- chasing fear in a way like like putting myself into situations of fear um, uh, I don't know what that that exactly that was but it was I think more of a uh, of a um, addiction to adrenaline or like mm-hmm. um, uh, um, or seeking of sort of maybe some like 
challenging myself to go mm-hmm. beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the, f- on the more sort of psycho-spiritual side, I would say that, um, uh, you know, ayahuasca <laughs> definitely showed <laughs> me uh, a lot. Um, but I think what we fear most is obviously, the, and it's been said, that it's, the, it's that which we truly are, mm-hmm. that we fear our magnificence. And so, um, you know, when you feel down that timeline of your highest timeline, it's actually, a, you can feel a lot. It's not, it doesn't, I don't think it's easy to be in full uh, openness in this world as it is. And so, um, so, it's a, so it is a practice of um, trusting life, coming back into a deeper trust, I find, and, um, and that fear is safe. That fear is this incredible guide on the path and it's essentially giving us some warning signals about the choices that we're making. And if we keep making those choices and we don't actually acknowledge the fear, then um, the, the lessons get harder, as I said before. So, mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> so fear is really like, <laughs> you know, turn left and I mean, it's meant to keep us from getting eaten by the tiger, right? Yeah. And, and thank God. But, but like you um, said, where is it we're in survive when we could be in thrive? Yes. Just because we're not dead, that's a really good way to live life as opposed to, yes. you know, is there another way to live it that has yeah. maybe a bit of risk, more more, uh, more delight, you know? I don't think you're going to look back at the end of your life and be super stoked that you live life safely. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. But you're going to look back at the lessons there, the, the times of your life that you lived and went you know really sort of gave her with with consideration of impact um but yeah i think Mm -hmm. that that's so that's my uh, my invitation (laughs) is to just to yeah to 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 live to live and and trust life and that's the medicine of the ego of the east and as to be able to see that all things are always in divine perfection so don't get stuck on the fear-based paradigm Mm -hmm. yeah because I think it holds us back from so much. Like the the mechanism is keep keep us safe. Keep us safe. But then we we almost weaponize that against ourselves to like keep us from experience and to keep us from growth or love or trust or whatever because of one thing. We say no, no, no never again. I won't do that. And then we cut ourselves never off again. from from life. Yeah. From what being if someone fully says alive. no to me? What if someone doesn't return yeah. how I feel as yeah. opposed to just yeah. actually? like being in full expression of yourself and knowing that even if there's some sadness or some hurt or even that that too will pass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, where is it that, like, to your point, we limit? You know, I think that the thing that's coming up to me is how funny that is, like, as you go through kind of your adolescent years where it's like you'll like maybe like somebody but you don't want to say it in case there's rejection mm. <laughs> and like you know <laughs> yeah. how many times could that have maybe been different or or not you know and what would you have lost really yeah yeah, yeah. it's funny it's just funny that you say that <laughs> whenever we get together like our high school group of friends it's always like Oh, I used to like you? I wish I, like, asked out that girl or, like, you know, like, those (laughs) conversations still come up, like, 20 years later. Oh, it's so funny. So I ran into someone the other day. They were like, I ran into this person, you know, who went to high school with you. And and I actually went to grade school with him, too. And they were like, and it was a him. And he was like, and he said, oh, yeah, I always had a crush on you. I'm like, he did not. (laughs) And I was like, how would I have known that? Like, that's so weird. Not because I wouldn't have felt the same way, because... Yeah. There was never any indication yeah. that there was a feeling beyond, yeah. you know, 
whatever the feeling was. I so was like, tell, how, your, tell your crushes how you feel. That's <laughs> <laughs> your takeaway. But it, and, and, and how does that go back to like what we said? Yeah. Just tell people you love them. Yeah. yeah. Like, what is it we're afraid of? Mm. Bone, you know, where is the. Where is the, I'm asking of you and you have the ability to say no to me as opposed to I'm going to make up my mind on your behalf about how you might feel mm-hmm. or react. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And where do we clear the energy when we say it out loud and we go, oh, that actually may or may not even been true, but I was living with the energy of secrecy of it, which like actually flamed it up to be even <laughs> more than it was. <laughs> you know, where has yeah. that happened? It's a total palpable feeling when it's in the room too. You're just like, oh. <laughs> I'm stuck in this. <laughs> Maybe I should have just said that thing. That right. I, yeah. Um, with, mm. with, and and that doesn't. It, that's just not in matters of love. I was the other day. I said we. You know, we lost. Uh, well, that's not even the word I would use. This wonderful um, friend and neighbor of ours transitioned, and her mm. partner um, is across the way still. And Rosen came in. You know, in his seven-year-old self, and I said, Oh, do you want to ask Randy? If he wants to come over for a beer, you know, it's been about a week. Rosen went over and he was, and before I left, I said, you know, you know that, um, that, that Wendy has passed. And so it's, you, you will need to acknowledge that. Mm. You will need to acknowledge that. However you choose to acknowledge it. Came back and he wasn't there, but later on he's like, Randy's out. And I was like, well, you need to go talk to him. He goes, well, I'm playing with my trucks. And I was like, yeah, but if you don't do it now, you may forget later and then that may not may not feel good in you so you know here he is he's seven he goes across and he has this conversation of acknowledgement and and that's that idea of patterning helping your child supporting your child and saying what's true and real mm-hmm. and uh, acknowledging it. it was funny later on I went outside and Randy was there he's like Rosen can you give me a big kiss and pretty much anything you say to somebody who's in that space is if it's just an acknowledgement of is worthwhile as long as that's not a telling of how they should feel yeah and i said what did he say and remember rosen knows wendy's name rosen's like sorry your wife died (laughs) and that was was like all he could get out but randy accepted it as its full and meaningful way but yeah where and then it gets harder if we don't say it in that moment it gets harder and harder and eventually we don't say and we're you know 80 and we're what things stuck. haven't been said. We're so stuck. Stuck. We're so stuck. It's the exhale. Mm. It's the exhale. Yeah, the quality of our exhale. I, I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. how, yeah, at the end of the day, at the end of our lives, like what is the quality of our exhale? Yeah. And but don't what wait. if we scale that down, Dean, to your point? What if it was the, the end of our day? What's yeah. the quality? At the end of the conversation, what's the quality of the exhale? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the end of the smile, mm-hmm. the quality yeah. of our exhale. Yeah. What if we like, yeah, went, that would be a good practice. Mm-hmm. Tracking, tracking yeah, along tracking. the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tracking, tracking yeah. for impact all the way along the way. Yeah. Yes, yes, you guys yes. want to talk about souls for a minute? Well, always, yeah. yeah. Maybe two minutes. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not limit. Not, it's not limit these so, souls. <laughs> I may or may not have a question, but I'd love to know how this resonates for you regardless. Hmm. I used to believe my body contained my soul. That was fine for a while. But when I started to think about oneness with creator, I came to the belief that it's the other way around. My soul contains my body. It's everything that I am. I'm never separate from creator except within my mind. That's the ultimate truth. And I need to be reminded to learn again, to learn anew in order to get it. When I do, 
I know the truth of what my people say, that we are all spirit. We are all energy. Joined to everything that is everywhere, all things coming true together. So what does soul mean for you? And what resonated for you on that? So much. I mean, I think the, the truths are, are simple. Like where we talk about the positive wave or the, the waves never die, the ripples keep continuing. Mm. I think it just speaks to our connection, whether that's at this table or, or going in a macro sense, like uh, that we're connected to even the small things, you mm. know? Mm. Um, I think it's, we talked, I, w I was speaking earlier about distraction and when we remove that, I think it becomes clear. Like I was just on Pender Island for three mm. weeks and mm. there's less distraction mm -hmm. on the Gulf Islands and I would just sit on the beach and breathe in the salty air mm. and look at the trees and it all felt like we were connected. Mm. There was nothing mm -hmm. distracting me from that clear, obvious connection of, of myself with all my surroundings. Mm -hmm. and just like you said before, it's just remembering. That's where it goes for me. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, that's good. And what resonates for you? Oh, yeah, definitely. The, the, the connection to all things mm -hmm. is, I think, foundational mm -hmm. uh, in so much of, of our Western modern world. And, and quite frankly, a lot of the tradition that I'm part of has made it very individ individualistic. Mm -hmm. Focus on my soul mm -hmm. and my salvation rather than collective, like our collective plurality of oneness mm. we're individuals and we're diverse but we are we are one mm. and that that is the far more interesting and compelling story and true because we can look at energy mm. which we all are and know that it it just it continues on it always is there and it takes different forms and different shapes over different time but it it never ceases mm -hmm. and so when we think about i love i love the i used to think my body had a soul, <laughs> but it's the other way around. Mm. And it's so true because before this meat suit, right? Yeah. Before this, I. Or like, plant suit. Or plant case. suit. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But before this was, I was. Mm. And after oh, this God. will be, I mm. will be. I will be. Right? And that's, I mean. Uh, yeah, That's this is only the me, hey? This is the me, and I am the I. Yeah. Mm. yeah. The I will is eternal. Totally. Yeah. Mm. So I love that. What about for you, Scott? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Really great answers, guys. <laughs> I, think, I think you said it. I mean, I don't know. Um, uh, Chief Phil always talks about, and you mentioned this, that we are one, that, uh, that the hurt of one is the hurt of all, mm. and the victory of one is the victory of all. Yeah. And I feel like that, for me, sums up this path um, and in my relationship to spirit. Um, I've had some really profound experiences of, you know, uh, in spaces of beyond the physical body. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I know we, we often, and I, I'm, I'm almost always the most woo-woo in the room, by the way, but I'm, I'm being really my best, my best self. <laughs> Bring out the word. Go for it. Go but, for it. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, you know I, I, I teach a, a class called the, the Little Jedis, and it's uh, teaching these children in age between 6 and 11 how to read and write blindfolded. Mm. And, it, and there's, uh, there's schools now popping up all over the world, and these kids can 
you know, they ride their bike and they play basketball all, you know, through the, the third eye. But with that, the what we call the sort of like onlining of the upper generator comes a lot of other abilities to see into those spaces beyond the physical. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's I'm, I'm very sure in my own self <laughs> that we exist without these physical bodies, but we're that they are the sort of uh, the, the pit, I would say, of the you know, there's the fruit, the soul body that's around this pit. This is the earth body mm. um, part of us, and that we have, the, you know, when we really tune in, qigong, you feel into that space around you, and feel into this connection. You said with this, mm. with the, with all life around us, and go stand and you know, just feel a tree, or yeah. look at the spaces between the leaves, and notice the energy fields that are around things. And I mean, it's it's all around us that are showing us, but uh, we you know, we just have to look. Mm -hmm. this, uh, that's my relationship oh, to beautiful. it. And, uh, thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anything else before we complete? I just kind of had a funny thought on, on, on that. Um, mm. You know, we've had a theme of talking about our, our young ones here, and I was walking on, on Pender with Finn, mm -hmm. and he goes, I think I can feel the energy of the trees. Mm. And because yes. um, we were, you know, similar to my Halloween walks, everyone was going too too fast, and he wanted to slow down mm. and just kind of walk slower and take things in. And he started to put leaves all around him, and he wanted to connect more with the trees. And said he wanted to give the trees a blessing. And I said, of course, give the trees a blessing. So then we started talking about forest bathing and and just that you know nature and trees all have energy and we can we can give and we can receive energy and and he said okay i like this forest bathing because that means i don't have to have a bath <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It. That's it. it's so true <laughs> yeah i love it when they do that yeah, yeah i mean so so good <laughs> thank you all you of them it. on one yeah um I was thinking I'd finish with this one little reading and then um, Sky for closing. I wanted to know if you would close the container off for us. I would be my honor, for sure. Um, so first of all, just love you all at the table, all in each of you. And mm -hmm. so it makes sense to me that we finish with something about love. And I'm gonna take a little bit of liberties with this, um, but and with with, I hope, the blessing of Richard Wagamese, and at least with permission. <laughs> um, tell me about love. It's our own real choice, the only thing we can truly give. Choose it above all else. Love is you leading me back to the highest possible version of myself. Love is you leading me back to the highest possible version of myself. It's me leading you back to who you were created to be. It's the most important choice we can make for each other. To bring us to everyone, everything, widening our circle at every opportunity. If it sounds hard, so is being born, but we all do it. But we all do it. Um, Sky, before you close the container, um, Dean and Zach, thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you, it's guys. like amazing to awesome. spend time with you. Such deep, all 
love for both of you. It's, our, it's all our pleasure. We're so grateful gratitude. for both of your time. And you guys are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. You guys are awesome. Told you, told yeah. you. I uh, feel like we could keep going and going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's always round two. Yeah. I was going to say part one, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and um, Sky, you know, thank you for, um, for what you give to the world. And thank you for who you are in my life. You're in the life of so many of those I love. Mm. Honor you. I honor you. Yeah. Thank you, Judy. Yeah. yeah. I honor you also. Yeah. And I appreciate the, all the love and support that you give myself and everybody that you touch. Mm. Always. It's uh, like I always say in, you know, in ceremony, it's just like there's a sense of uh, feeling so deeply seen and held being in your presence. And so thank you. And I feel it's here too. Doesn't this, this place looks like the, something out of the Matrix? <laughs> I, 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 it feels very like I have these moments with you guys where I'm like, is this, this is, this is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but thank you. That's yes, thank yeah. you, all of you, for having me here. I feel really blessed to have this conversation with you all and to be able to share a little bit of um, things that I've gleaned a little bit of along yeah. the way. So, close, uh, close it off with just a quick prayer. Um, you know, at the end of these these moments together, we we like to my my, my teachers say we like to fatten up the spirits, make them fat with our love, with our with our appreciation, and and uh, whatever that that is for you, whatever that is for you, whether it's the support of the water, the fire, the earth beneath your feet, the food you eat, um, the the beauty in your life, the laughter, the the, the, the places that you've been that have touched you, the power points, the mountains, the lakes, the rivers. We give thanks to all the seen and unseen forces of benevolent love and light on all timelines and dimensions. And we give thanks to, we have 13 thank yous, so the 12 thank yous is to all that is, and the 13 is for anything that maybe got left out along the way so that everything gets appreciation and love. And we send you on your way, stay if you can, go if you must. We release you. We thank you for the opportunity to, to be here together in this moment. Thank you, Creator. Thank you, Aishka. All my relations. Yeah. All right. So there you have it. A bit of a journey practicing the presence of divinity and spirituality and ceremony in, in every moment and just really grounding ourselves in, you know, how we can connect to one another to ourselves through um, just, yeah, these, these ordinary moments that can actually become host to whatever you name it, divinity, God, oneness, our spiritual center. Um, but yeah, just loved, loved that conversation. Those are the challenges, you know, finding the, the spirituality, finding the, the holiness, finding the, the love in ordinary, making our bed, making our coffee, putting our shoes on, you know, brushing our teeth, these can all be moments of, of contemplation and consideration and meditation and yes. intention. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a moment sitting on top of a beautiful mountain in the forest overlooking the ocean to have that aha mm. spiritual moment. We can we can find that depth and that intention in in the mundane and the ordinary and I think that's that's the challenge and that's the goal yeah and sky and judy you know so beautifully remind remind us these things yeah yes 
very grateful for any and all of those kind of reminders and certainly for those two lovely and wonderful human beings that uh, that joined us and shared time and space and themselves with us and with you all through that conversation so we hope you enjoyed it uh, if something resonated with you send us a note we always love hearing your feedback um, yeah what what kind of lands well with you so feel free to reach out thank you as always for listening please continue to um, yeah share any episodes that were meaningful to you tag us on all of the social medias a little more good that's where you'll find us and uh, feel free to like and even leave comments wherever you listen Spotify iTunes it just helps us out a lot with the old algorithms of you know people finding the pod and we just appreciate uh, each and every one of you the time that you've given to listen to this and anything else you do is just a gift Yo, before we go, do you have a uh, machine hat? Can you rattle off a lyric? Oh, man. I still I still know exactly how to play it on my guitar, too. That opening lift. Or opening, o- opening riff. Let's hear it. Take us it? out, Dean. The, 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 the 90s playlist. What is it? This is breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in. Right? Got a machine head better than the rest. <laughs> Green to red. That's just it. Here we go. Breathe in, breathe out. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. Keep breathing, y'all. See y'all next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.